0: The views and opinions expressed are those of the wrestling fans' insight and are not associated in any way with Libsyn.com or any of the major podcasting platforms. This podcast may contain some explicit language and adult material content not suitable for children. Listening discretion is highly advised. everyone, you're listening to the Wrestling Fans Insight, episode number 22, and this is a very special one here. I'm joking by not just one, but two co-hosts. William was not able to make it since he's out camping and having fun without me, the little bugger. But introducing my new tag team partners at first, my special enforcer and co-host Carolina. Carolina, how are you?
1: I'm doing great, thank you. Excited to be here.
0: Yeah, glad to have you. Glad you're here to help me hold the fort down, and my other tag team partner, my other co-host, really great wrestling fan all around. Both a fan of not just WWE but also AEW. At Bama Girl Forever, Heather, how are you, Heather?
2: I'm doing great. I'm happy, happy good that you had me here today.
0: Oh, I'm glad you came along. You know it. I mentioned it before it would be awesome to have a co-host like you being a wrestling fan and everything else seeing that you've been attending a few events here and there. It's always great to have more fan interaction with these podcasts and I'll tell you I'm looking forward to having some fun.
2: Yeah, I'm ha- I'm really happy to be here because like I'm just like I love wrestling and I'm just, like so excited and I got to go to SummerSlam so like that was just totally awesome.
0: Oh, very sweet, very sweet. I'm actually, my wife surprised me the other day. found out that uh, SmackDown is actually going to be here in Salt Lake City, Utah, Friday, September 23rd. We're going to be going with a couple of our new friends from her recent new job here at home, (laughs) which is funny. Friends from work at home, it's actually an all-big network that they do for amazon so it's pretty cool but really excited to attend yet another tv event it's i think the last one we ever had was actually just before the pandemic started it was a uh, monday night raw february it was just like weeks after or weeks before when uh, aew had their show in salt lake city and that was the last one for their touring that's when we all found out the fun part here in Utah that Rudy Gobert tested positive, and it seemed like ever since that, that's when everything decided to shut down on everyone. And But I'm glad to see wrestling has definitely made a comeback. We're seeing fans fill the stadiums, not just in wrestling, but all sporting events. So just to kind of get a background of my two co-hosts, how long have you been a wrestling fan, Heather?
2: Uh, For as long as I can remember, like I was watching in the 80s and I've forgotten a lot more than I remember. (laughs) But like here recently, I've gotten really more into it, especially with, you know, since the whole AEW, WWE thing, like because, you know, everybody wants you to hate AEW and they want you to hate WWE But I like both, and so, like, I just ignore the negativity, and I watch both, and if you don't like it, then you can just get over it, you know, so.
0: Yeah, exactly, and, you know, unfortunately, that's the negative image that IWC has received, you know. Supposedly, you got to have some type of division. It's either you're one way or the other, and that's not really how you're going to see the industry survive. It's good to have competition, especially the fact that you know before AEW was formed, really your big leagues was only WWE. Sure, we've had impact and Ring of Honor, but they haven't made quite the impact that AEW has. I'm not saying AEW is ever going to put WWE out of business, you know, but for the most part, I I find every show enjoyable. If you're looking more for the kind of cinematic or sports entertainment, you know, WWE is going to be your thing. But if you're looking at pro wrestling, you're going to be looking pretty much almost any promotion outside the WWE. And that's what makes it fun. It reminds me back in the 90s when we had WWF and WCW. Those were really good times, especially when things were kind of starting to get a little edgy. They pushed the envelope with each other. But when WWF purchased WCW and competition was gone, it almost kind of like seemed like WWF with Vince McMahon went back to the way Vince wanted things run. And unfortunately, that's all we had to really go with if you wanted to be in the big leagues. With that being said, uh, Carolina, um, you used to be a pro wrestling fan, but kind of getting back into it, sort of. Well,
1: I grew up in the 80s, and so WWF came on after cartoons. So when I was little, I watched WWF, and I watched also the, like um, the Von Eriks, and I watched Dusty Rose, they were, my fa- they were my favorite, and then of course Hulk Hogan, and I just I just loved the antics of WWF wrestling, I guess because I was young, and it was, um, you know, people were like, oh, it's fake or whatever, but you know, I wasn't watching it for that, I didn't care. Right. I mean. They uh, and so um and people were just always enthusiastic, and the storylines were always moving. There was always some, you know, there's always something dramatic happening, and I just love it. You know, when they're wrestling, and then somebody comes out of the curtain, or someone comes out behind, but you know, they just keep, they just keep the audience, um, you know, on their toes of what's going to happen next. But I can't say that you know I have followed it after that much. Not not really in the '90s or in the 2000s but you know returning back to twitter and stuff there's a lot there's a huge wrestling community that uh is very vocal and you know they just they're very passionate about it and so it's great to meet people like you and and heather that are very passionate about it and um you know they're not judging you of who of who you like or if you like this and that's what i love about heather she doesn't judge you if you like someone from aew or um, you know WWE, I mean she'll she'll talk to you regardless. I you know I didn't realize that you couldn't. There's like hardcore on one side or hardcore on the other. So I bet it makes sense though.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you know that's the thing I love about fans like Heather is being one of those just all around wrestling fans. It makes it for not just easy conversation but very enjoyable company. You know especially when it's something you both really like.
1: I would love to hear, you know, I know probably everybody's talked about it, but I, you know, I love, you know, college football and football. So I would love to hear your opinion, uh, anyone's opinion, about the whole Vince McMahon thing. That would be, because, you know, we hear a lot of opinions, but most of them are non-wrestling fans, you know? I mean, is it going to make WWE better? Mm -hmm. You know, with him being removed
0: right now, I think we've actually seen quite the momentum shift. I'm sure Heather's seen it too.
2: Yeah, I think uh, Triple H is doing an excellent job since uh, Vince McMahon has stepped down. And he's, like, already made some uh, awesome returns. And, like, uh, yeah, I think it's really moving in a good direction right now. And I think it's going to continue because I think, like, with Vince McMahon gone, I'm I'm really hoping that it's going to continue, like I said, in a better direction.
0: And just watching the SummerSlam event, I think already fans noticed the big change. Elements of surprise happened just even in the very opening match of the card and continue on watching Raw Smackdown it even more surprises keep popping up this week we just found out hit row a uh, very well known team top dollar slim j b fab they were let go after only one week of being on tv which scratched a lot of wrestling fans heads doesn't make sense you bring them up from the developmental to the main roster only give them a week on TV and they were gone stuff like that it just it really irks me because you didn't give them a fair chance you just let them go and the only thing you'd cite was budget cuts and that's the other thing that I think is coming to light with the whole budget cut I think the whole reason with the budget cut is having to do with this lawsuit that Vince McMahon is now getting into and I hate to say it, but I think we're going to end up seeing the Bill Cosby-like effect on Vince here. Uh, Really sad to see that a guy who's taken his father's territory promotion turn it to a global-wide enterprise. And, yeah, I mean, I got a lot of respect for Vince for the work he's put in. But on the moral end, it's not looking real well for him. Well,
1: I appreciate what he did in the 80s. You know, Um, I just appreciate all of that. And, you know, he is a major reason why, you know, professional wrestling is huge. You know, so I appreciate that. But it sounds like some of the things I've read, he's just he's probably not someone you want to hang around with.
0: So. No, I I agree with that assessment. I guess I could have said it a little more simpler than that. (laughs) But, yeah, I, I think everyone's kind of wanting to step away, even the stockholders. And I was actually really shocked when I saw Stephanie McMahon come back and they named her interim chairwoman for the company. Then all of a sudden we see Hunter back to his normal role, and it's obviously went in the right direction bringing those two back.
1: Can I ask Heather a question?
0: No, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Heather, since you're since you're an expert and you're a fan, Can you give us, uh, like, your top maybe five female wrestlers, either AEW or WWE, or you can do them separate, if you don't mind. Okay, top five. Like, I will not do them separate.
2: I'll do them together. Okay, I like Liv Morgan and um, Rhea Ripley, even though she's turned to the dark side, she still is the top. I love her. And I love Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm. So how many is that right now? Because I like kind of lost track. <laughs> just keep, just keep going. We don't. Okay, we don't, keep going. Okay, I said Thunder Rosa, Tony Storm, Liv Morgan, and Rhea Ripley, and Alexa Bliss. That's what I'm gonna go with right now. Oh, and Bianca Belair, you cannot forget her. So yeah. And I'll go with Becky Lynch because, yeah, she turned around and fight. she did good when she shook Bianca Belair's hand at SummerSlam. I think, you know, she's finally because she did, she made a terrible heel. And I'm finally that she turned, turned around and did a face turn. So I like, yeah, I think she's going to do good, but even though she's out injured right now. But yeah, so I think she's going to come back better than ever.
0: And I kind of feel with that whole heel turn, it's just fans were. Still love Becky so much. <clears throat> Excuse me. Had a sunflower hit the back of my throat. But yeah, I think a lot of it is just fans loving Becky so much the hill turn didn't work out very well.
2: No, the hill turn did not turn out very well because everybody loved Becky Lynch. Like, it just did not go over well at all because everybody just loved her like she tried so hard but you know, like nobody just like you you still wanted to cheer for her even though she was supposed to be the bad guy like it just did not work
0: yeah and you know with fans now cheering the heels more than ever ever since the whole stone cold steve austin when he first entered the WWE he was booed heavily but until fans were starting to see him go on his own away from ted DiBiase... He was just getting cheered, and it was kind of like the reverse effect. You know, there was almost like, is there really such a thing as a true heel anymore? To some degree, yes. I mean, look at guys like MJF, Happy Corbin. But, yeah, I mean, if they're a badass heel that takes it to to their opponent, yeah, those guys are going to get cheered. And that's exactly what Becky did, you know, when she turned on Charlotte at SummerSlam a few years ago. People were cheering it. She was supposed to be the heel turning on her friend, but it backfired. It just made people cheer, cheer Becky even more. And in a way, I think it was, I'm not sure if the right way to say it was a kind of a backfire, but the fans definitely felt Becky got screwed and In a way, it's kind of like the hill telling the real truth of the story there.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm really kind of tired of Charlotte Flair. Like, I mean, I'm probably, a lot of people are tired of Charlotte Flair because they say that she only gets so many title opportunities because of who her father is. So, you know, like a lot of people, that's why they really kind of cheered because of like they're really tired of Charlotte Flair. I mean, I might be wrong on that, but that's just my opinion, you know?
0: Well, no, no such thing as a wrong opinion. Everybody has them, and that's why we're wrestling fans.
1: I have a question specifically for Heather. You ready, Heather? Yes. Who is your favorite Polynesian wrestler? Is it Roman Reigns or the Usos? Oh, good Lord, I know you did not go there. (laughs) Go ahead and tell us why you love either one of those. I do not love either of them. <laughs> I think they need. To. <laughs> think if you see Heather's timeline, you if you see Heather's timeline when the Usos are around or um or Roman Reigns is around, oh, that's a good way to you know to get her to set her off because she's not really a fan of either anymore.
0: Oh yeah, you can I mean, see it. <laughs>
1: I
2: mean, it's not that I don't like them. I mean, it's just that I'm tired of them. It's like, okay, okay, you won, go away. It's like like when they win, I'm just like, blah, blah,
1: blah. Okay, you won. Okay, bye, go away. You know? (laughs) Yes, but if you got to meet Roman Reigns, would you turn it down? Oh no, heck no! Because I like I used to love Roman Reigns. Like that's why I posted the
2: other day. It's like wrestling is so crazy. Like they do their roles so well. Like because like it I used to be I loved Roman Reigns and hated Brock Lesnar. You know, like not really, but like now I'm like so pro Brock Lesnar and cannot stand Roman Reigns. It's like they are that good at their roles, you know. And it's, like, because, like, it's just, like, before, like I said, I was, like, all about Roman Reigns. Like, oh, you know, get Brock Lesnar. I can't stand Brock Lesnar, blah, blah, blah. Now it's, like, Brock, get him, you know? Uh, Because it's, like, that's they're that good at the roles they play, you know?
0: Exactly. I mean, they just know how to get into the fans' psychology just to get them to turn around. I mean, one of the biggest examples I'll use is I don't know if you remember this, Heather, back when Dolph Ziggler was the world champion after cashing in his money in the bank on Alberto Del Rio. And then they had their next match at the very next pay-per-view. I can't remember what it, which one it was. But it was right when Dolph wasn't sure if he was going to make it due to concussion. And Alberto, in that match, ends up giving Dolph a kick in the head... And then it was a double turn, like they were trying to switch the roles around, Dolph ends up now being the face, and Alberto Del Rio becomes the heel. These guys know how to get fans either on their side or get under the fan's skin, and just like you mentioned with the whole Brock and Roman deal, it was vice versa on the face and heel role a couple of years ago, but... Now it's switched and it's really got the fans 180 from what we've seen before.
1: So I have another question. Um, I'm just filled with questions because I just love learning. Um, actually, before I ask a question, Amber Holly, did you have a question or did anybody else in the room have a question? Because feel free and we'll give you a mic. But Amber Holly, do you have a question? Oh, she might not be near her mic, but I wanted to ask both of you. Uh, what events, because we're what, in August now, what events are you looking forward to for the rest of the year?
0: I'll let you go first, Heather.
2: I don't think I'm going to get to go anything to anything else, because you know, I went to SummerSlam, and I went to Raw in April in Knoxville, and um, that's I don't think I'm getting to go to anything else this year.
0: Yeah, as far as me, I'm looking forward to attending the SmackDown event, like I mentioned earlier, but if you're talking just are you talking mainly just any event in general, whether watching pay-per-view yeah. or?
1: Yeah, I, I'm just I, not necessarily that you have to attend, but, you know, that would be pay-per-view that you're looking forward to. Oh, I'm looking forward to
2: Clash at the Castle. And
1: it's like I posted the other day, September 3rd,
2: it's going to be like Christmas Day because that's the day Bama football returns and I get to watch Clash at the Castle. That is like, the, that's going to be Christmas Day for me. Like, I cannot wait. <laughs> Awesome.
0: So I think now, I think we're gonna see Heather's timeline flooded there then for that day.
2: No, oh, it's that. gonna blow up. It's gonna <laughs> blow up.
0: <laughs> and for my part, to answer your question, I'm looking forward definitely to the SmackDown coming here to Utah. It's not very often we get very many events. We actually had more events this year in the last probably five. But I would say Survivor Series for the WWE, and I believe it's full gear in November for AEW those two events I really look forward to right toward the end I was originally going to go on the Chris Jericho cruise which was actually scheduled for March this year but they postponed it due to not enough cruisers being able to afford it and I was going to try to attend it the rescheduled one which was going to happen in February but unfortunately for my wife's schedule and I, we're not going to be able to attend it. And we're going to try to go to the one after that. If as long as Chris Jericho keeps it going,
1: I hope you don't mind. Cause I just keep asking questions because uh, you guys are just so awesome at answering them. Uh, but like I said, I watched you know, wrestling it from WWF. So what has been, especially for, I guess for you, John and, and you know, Heather, but what has been the biggest changes in wrestling? I mean, maybe in the last 10 years that you think has either improved or made wrestling worse? I mean, if they changed any formats or changed something in which it's kind of like, Oh, this has made it better or no, they've made this worse. Cause I know they're on TV all the time now and stuff. So have you seen anything like when you first started watching? I mean, obviously the popularity is, uh, you know, is just absolutely global but are there moves or changes that they've made to wrestling that's either improved it or made it worse?
0: Why don't you go ahead first, Heather?
1: Well, the one thing I don't like
2: about WWE is there is too many video packages and too many, like, they they leave the wrestlers in the ring for too long, like during commercial breaks and stuff. And, like, I, I noticed, like, here recently since um Vince McMahon has sat down that they've tried to do a little bit more rest actual wrestling on a wrestling show like because there was like just like not enough wrestling like it's too many video packages too many commercial breaks and uh, so like I've noticed that that they're trying to improve that and like on AEW there's like more action and all that stuff like that's what I've been noticing like with WWE like like Just like I said, too many video packages and stuff like that. But like I said, like I have forgotten more about wrestling than I remember because like just other things going on. Because I did start watching for a period there, but that's what I noticed going on right now.
0: I think for me, when WCW went out of business, and I know it's been longer than 10 years, I think a lot of it is Vince McMahon went backwards before he started taking wcw a little more serious we see him come up with all these cartoonish like characters in the ring and he followed wcw's suit and started getting a little more with this kind of using more real name like real using more like real name believable name stuff for his talent unfortunately you know they decided to tone it down after the attitude era was finally coming off its peak and they made a good move they went more toward the children for their target audience which if as long as the children are still watching it today obviously they're going to get older and now the wwe is looking more toward the tv 14 programming which is the right move because you're looking right at that transition where the kids who were watching before are now starting to get older and you gotta find a way to keep their focus on their product. I believe now with Hunter and Steph taking charge, they see that and they're gonna roll with it. The other part is with AEW now in the picture, even though it's not real threatening competition, but it's more alternate choice to watch. It it's gonna keep the fans watching both brands, whether they like one or the other or they like them all it's gonna spark interest whether you know like mentioned before whether you hate it or you like it you're gonna keep watching it you're gonna keep trying to compare the two but all in all that's what they want the wrestlers you're starting to see interact a little more with each other outside the respective brands and that's why I like seeing stuff like that on Twitter as long as you're seeing talent from both companies communicating with each other and giving the respects to each other, I think that should be the example all wrestling fans need to follow.
1: Um, it, it looks like we have Chris here. Chris, did you have a question for Heather or John?
3: Um, sure. Yeah, no, I have a question. I was curious, like, what do you think uh, in terms of years down the road? What do you think is going to happen with? uh with wwe especially given their their changes uh you know internally organizationally obviously with vince mcmahon moving on a couple people getting fired behind the scenes um where where do you think they go obviously the tv 14 piece is something that's uh important to their to their growth strategy but where do you think they're they're headed next in terms of like are they going to try to maybe uh acquire some other promotions do you do you see wwe changing a few of the ways that they they book their shows just what are some of the uh the trends that you're expecting the next two, three years?
0: I think you're going to definitely see a lot of creative changes. Um, I mean, if you looked at how the few last few weeks, NXT 2.0, in my opinion, we've seen that as the better programming because you've seen more wrestling in the ring. Now that we've had Hunter and Steph in charge for the last couple weeks, I hate to really kind of say it, but... NXT's kind of gone back to now the developmental feel. Raw and SmackDown have definitely gotten a little better. I'm also not sure what's going to happen as far as uh, what with Bruce Pritchard still kind of having some of the creative control. Unfortunately, there's always been that rumor that Steph's really never liked Bruce. And I'm not really sure that's entirely true. But as long as I think Bruce is there and he can get some of the backup from Triple, Triple H and staff, I think he's not going to be working his hectic hours like Vince McMahon always expected all of his employees. And I think that's where a lot of the crash and burn for creative has come from, is being overworked and not really having time to come up with some new th- ideas for the talent. And where to go for their strategies on matches and storylines
3: i appreciate that that's great insight
1: oh i have a question and excuse me and it's because i i totally forgot about him but i don't know if he has anything to do with this anymore whatever happened to shane mcmahon
0: shane mcmahon was recent or not recently but released after shortly after the royal rumble mainly because I'm not sure if it was what the real story was, if it was shareholders putting the pressure on Vince, or Vince actually was a little upset with Shane. But I guess Shane was the one that was in charge of the choreographing of the men's Royal Rumble. And it, I'll even admit it, I even fell asleep during the middle of that match. It it was terrible. Um, I think everybody knew Brock Lesnar was going to win it if he didn't win the. Or if he didn't retain the WWE Championship, which I believe Bobby Lashley ended up winning that. Was that correct, Heather?
2: Yes, he won it. And then, of course, like you said, everybody knew that Brock Lesnar was going to come in and that he was going to win the World Rumble. So, like, it was just obvious, you know. So.
0: I I think one of the things that kind of killed it, too, was with the way WWE was trying to do the whole Forbidden Door theme. It really backfired because the only forbidden door we saw was Mickey James, the who was currently then the Impact Knockouts Champion, participating in the Women's Royal Rumble, and not so much anything surprising for the men.
1: So what is coming? So for those of us that are not big, you know, like know the the schedule. So Heather, what comes up like this, like this coming week? What what should if you if you're trying to follow wrestling? What would you advise people doing like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? I'm sure there's wrestling on like every day. So, what, like, I guess maybe we should go through what do you do? What do you watch through the week? You. Okay. Monday is
2: Raw. On Tuesday, there is Dark Elevation. It's on YouTube. That's AEW. Uh, uh, Tuesday, of course, is NXT, but I um, for raw for uh, WWE, but I really don't watch that one because. But I'm maybe it's going to improve with uh, Triple H back. But when they did the whole rebranding, I really didn't watch it. But um, on Wednesday is AEW Dynamite. Um, Thursday is Impact, but I really don't watch that. And um, Thursday is also AEW uh, Dark on YouTube. And then Friday is WWE SmackDown and AEW Rampage. So which ones are your favorite? Um, Raw on, WWE Raw on Monday. I sometimes forget about AEW um, Dark Elevation, but I try to always remember it. But I, but I do, but AEW um, Dynamite, WWE Raw and SmackDown and uh, Rampage.
1: Those are all the ones that I definitely watch. Wow, that's awesome. John, do you have any that you watch?
0: I try to watch pretty much Raw, NXT 2.0, Dynamite, SmackDown, and Rampage, all five of those programs. But with the type of job I have, you know me personally, it's really hard to for me to sit down and watch everything every night. I have to do pretty much a binge from late Friday night into early Saturday morning. Sometimes I'll actually, on the road, just turn my phone on, put on my Sling subscription, and actually listen to the programs more than I do watch. And I actually would say if you're a wrestling fan, try that once in a while, because it'll give you a whole different perspective on how to appreciate the program, especially appreciate how the play-by-play announcers do their job, because what you see on TV sometimes... Doesn't really add up well to a match compared to listening to how it's broadcasted on audio. It gives you a whole different way of seeing how the wrestling matches. If you got a good imagination.
1: So are, excuse me. So are there like, for example, Heather on Monday on Raw? Is there? I mean, are, what are the current like? I guess storylines right now. I don't know if that's what you would call them, storylines. But what are the current ones?
2: Well, right now on Raw, um, they just brought, they just brought back. Um, was it on Raw John where um, they arrested uh, Dexter Lamus, Was that on Raw?
0: Yeah, that was actually the end of the AJ Styles and Miz yeah. no disqualification match. Yeah.
2: Okay. I they brought him back, and I still don't know what that is, that is about. And then Scarlett and Karrion Cross came back, right, and attacked Edge.
0: No, they. Oh, was
2: that about that? that
0: That was actually uh, on SmackDown, and they were going after Drew McIntyre on that
2: one. Drew McIntyre, okay, yeah, okay. I'm sorry, I get everything confused because I watch so much wrestling. So, (laughs) but yeah, like the whole thing, like like with the Usos, you know, that's going on like right now. uh, The Usos attack Drew on um, SmackDown because Sami Zayn keeps getting involved because he thinks he is an USO. Um, he keeps saying, because he wants to be part of the whole Roman Reigns and Uso bloodline, but he really just keeps causing problems. And I, it, that's all I'm going. And um, but Drew McIntyre wants to be Roman Reigns to get the belt at Clash of the Castle. Um that's going on and then but Karen Cross and Scarlet came back and they are attacking Drew McIntyre because I guess Karen Cross wants the belt for Merman Reigns. Um, but, I mean, I just get some and then right now um, Edge is uh, Dominic Mysterio which is Ray Mysterio's son. He doesn't trust Edge because Edge speared him supposedly by accident. So he is um, kind of at odds with, his, with Rey and but Dominic got beat up by Rhea Ripley, that has part of the Judgment Day. Um, so like, that's, they want him to join the Judgment Day. So like, that's going on. Like, it's just like a whole bunch of stuff.
1: <laughs> wow, that's awesome. And by the way, why anybody wants to be in the same bloodline as the Usos and me, I don't think so. You have not seen the rest of the family. We are crazy. So moving on. <laughs> All right. I'm just saying, I don't, I don't understand why people would want to do that. That's so silly. <clears throat> so, but I guess if it gets the audience all worked up, I guess, uh, you know, it's doing its job. So, yeah. So, uh, John, like when you and William do your p- podcast, like what do you guys talk about? Because, I mean, I've listened, but I mean, can you give the those uh, in the Twitter space that may not, you know, know how to get to your podcast or know that you have a podcast? What do you and William talk about?
0: We, we basically cover the five programs I mentioned we watched, uh, Monday Night Raw. Well, actually, let me kind of backtrack. We try to keep it together in the companies. So we always start the podcast off with the results of Monday Night Raw, NXT 2.0, and then SmackDown. And then we go right into our AEW coverage, covering both Dynamite and uh, Rampage. Sorry, I had a brain fart there. We don't really cover much of the shows that you would normally see on uh, WWE Network. I'm not sure if they still do the main event or not. Um, But AEW, like Heather mentioned, they have Dark and Elevation on their YouTube channel. And yeah, it's kind of like one of those deals where it's out of sight, out of mind, and you forget about it. Unfortunately, I think the only problem with the wrestling world right now is... One company, well, two companies, WWE and AEW, just have too much programming going on. I kind of feel if they were to cut Monday Night Raw down to two hours, it would be a little more beneficial to that brand. But on the AEW side, I kind of think they would be better off getting rid of the Dark and Elevation and moving it more either toward the Ring of Honor brand or, you know, just find a way to get rampage in a better time slot and move that to two hours but none but kind of going back to your question where i kind of went sidetrack and my apologies yeah that's that's how we run our format we kind of go over the match results and give our takes on how we see each match and where it might possibly go and we're gonna hopefully do a little bit better job covering pay-per-views and premium live events in the future (laughs) here we're going to gonna hopefully host a kind of a before and after each pay-per-view or premium live event hopefully getting more fans involved and seeing what everybody else thinks i just i created a platform like this podcast mainly just you know for the wrestling fans to kind of sit back enjoy get their opinions across there's obviously thousands of other podcasts out there and not very many of them do reviews. I think really the only two that get more kind of on the current stuff is the Wrestling with the Truth pod from BC Hunter and Jay Myers, as well as a Ghost of All Elite who does a podcast with uh, the Bad Guy Noah. Both of them do really great jobs keeping up with everything. Awesome, 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 awesome. Um,
1: Heather. I was going to ask you, like, I know how much you love Roman Reigns and all. And uh, at some point, maybe the um, the belt should go to somebody else, the title. Uh, who would you pick for the title to go to? I, of course, want Brock Lesnar to get it, but I really don't see that happening.
2: So I, I wouldn't mind Drew McIntyre getting it. Because you know he is going for it at Clash at the Castle, so I really wouldn't mind him getting it. But like I don't see them letting him get it because they want Roman Reigns to have it for all eternity for some reason. That's so, a long yeah. time, Heather.
1: That's
2: a long yeah, time. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean that's what it seems like to me. So I really don't know. I, I think they that were that real. I mean, I think they were real originally wanting Cody Rhodes to get it, but he got injured. So I mean, I really don't know what's going on with that.
1: Yeah, but how long can they keep this up before the the uh, the audience, before the fans get upset about that? Because at a certain point, you're going to get tired of of apparently nobody. Having. Well, apparently nobody is getting tired of it because everybody
2: loves Roman Reigns. So I mean, I don't know. He's had it for like over 700 days, and like, okay, enough people like go away,
1: Roman Reigns. You know how we can fix this? I have the how? perfect solution for this. You know what? You just move his butt back over to where The Rock is and, you know, let him start making movies again. Let, you know, he can start making movies and he can be like the next Rock. And that's going to well, eliminate Roman Reigns being being there. Well, somebody said
2: that he was supposed to be going Hollywood. So, like, And he's kind of cut back on his schedule and everything. So I don't know. That might be the direction that he's going. So but I just I really don't know how soon that he that's gonna happen. You know. So like there might be plans in
1: the work that he you know, he's gonna lose it, but I just don't know when. Okay. So we're gonna get to Chris because he obviously he has his hand up and then we're gonna talk to Dak attack. All right, Chris, go ahead.
3: I just want to say that um, I've I've actually gotten bored with the Roman Reigns uh, championship uh, oh, whole, no, you know, title please. reign. Now if anyone was join looking Heather for someone,
1: and this is going to be terrible. Go ahead.
3: <laughs> no, it's fine. Go
1: ahead. Go ahead. To, this is uh, going to be a bash Roman Reigns session. Go ahead. You're on the call. No, no, if
3: they give it to AJ or to Kevin Owens, I think that would be an unpredictable swerve. I think that would be really cool to see if WWE changes some of their booking. I'd be more interested in watching a little more of their programming. I'm not a hater at all. I appreciate it. It's good for the business if they are succeeding. Uh, but if they were to, like, all of a sudden have him lose, even a drew, I think that would be a nice change, like what Heather said.
1: Okay, so so that's one in Heather's favor. Um, Dak, attack. Uh, we'll get to you in a second, Nick. Dak was next. Dak, welcome to this uh, to Wrestling Fans Insight.
3: Hi, y'all. Uh, I'm actually kind of new at this. Can anybody hear me?
1: My yes, own? we can hear you. Do you okay. have a question or comment for John or Heather?
3: Yeah, I do. Uh, the comment for John would be, "What do you?" Uh, what is the status of Cody Rhodes? Because I saw him taking the title.
0: You know, right now, he's still kind of not medically cleared at the moment. I haven't really read anything anything further than that, other than that's his status. I kind of hope he follows doctor's orders and gets healed up. My thought process is, is if as long as Roman can keep healthy, injury-free... I think they're going to keep the title on him, both titles on him until WrestleMania. Unless the, you know, of course, USA and Fox start throwing a fit like it sounds like they're about to. If if that case can happen and Cody can get himself healed and medically cleared, that would have been my original thinking of where they were going to head, especially with his return against Seth Rollins. And that even surprised me. Because... I know everybody said you know before WrestleMania Cody was always being spotted at the Performance Center all that, but I never one of those guys that's hundred percent convinced until I saw it, and when I when he came out at WrestleMania, and then he gave his promo on Monday Night Raw that right. week, after that weekend I think it was pretty clear maybe that's where we're gonna head, but unfortunately you know the problem with you know, injuries, especially one as serious as what Cody Cody suffered, at we never know what what the time status for that type of a heel job is gonna do. But but if well, that yes, um, sorry, no, thank you.
3: I was just really curious. If I hadn't heard about his progress or anything like that. So I appreciate the, uh, the update on that. Comment for Heather is simply uh, go balls.
1: <laughs> you better stop that! I didn't tell you about that. <laughs> oh, you're in trouble. You're going okay. to the corner while we get to Nick. Go to the corner, Doc Attack. You're in trouble. Hey, Nick, how are you?
3: <laughs> Thanks, so. Al. Nick,
1: you're you're on, You're up next. How are you?
4: All right. So. I've been watching wrestling since the days of Bruno Sammartino, so I have a little bit of an experience with uh, WWF, WWE, and stuff like that. Now, Roman Reigns has been champion for almost 800 days, which is a remarkable achievement. However, Roman Reigns was pretty much Vince McMahon's meal ticket, just like Hulk Hogan was back in the day, just like Bruno Sammartino was to Vince's dad, but Vince is no longer here. It's now Triple H's show. And we have seen in the last couple of weeks the tide – the tides of change have begun to fill in. Rumor has it right now that Karrion Cross was brought back and he's going to be the one to dethrone Reigns for the universal title. Not both of them but the universal title. And I could see that happening because Cross, and when he was in NXT – Was being groomed to be the next big thing. And then we all saw what happened with that when he came, when he went up to the main roster. The other thing about Cody Rhodes is that injury couldn't have come at a much worse time for him. He was being groomed to be the guy to take the belt from Roman Reigns. The storyline was there, everything was all set. The injury happened. And now Vince isn't there anymore. The reason why Cody left WWE back in 2014 was because once Triple H got a little bit more, you know, you know, in the creative aspect of it, not many people saw him being the top guy. I know it's eight years later, but with Triple A now in charge and he he's bringing back Karrion Cross, Dexter Loomis is coming back, which leads me to believe that Johnny Gargano is coming back. You do know that there are guys, once their AEW contracts expire, or, you know, other, whatever other um, commitments that they have expire, they may go back because it's a whole new era. There are a lot of people whose spot at the top of the card are not going to be there anymore. I used to, what do you call I railed on WWE for the last three plus years for the sheer fact. That Vince McMahon and his booking, because let's be honest, you have creative, that's great. Everything ran through Vince. And how many times have we heard or seen scripts get ripped up and written an hour and a half, two hours before a show? How many times have we seen storylines last all of three weeks and that's that? How many times have we seen guys be brought up to the main roster, you know, get like a mini push in mid card and never hear or see from them ever again or they became 24 7 title fodder it's all changing now it really is Roman Reigns has been a great champion the problem is you see it he's not going to be there every week he's not going to what do you call he's only going to show up on like major pay-per-views and maybe one or two others fans don't want to see that they want to see a fighting champion and you put the belt on a guy like Karrion Cross. Hell, you can put the belt on Cody Rhodes. You can put the belt on anybody else. They will be that fighting champion that will be there week after week after week after week. The tide's changing. And I think we all have to embrace it. This is oh, I, do, I pray so. For Heather's
1: sake, I pray so. Because, I, I mean, if, if she has to go another 800 days with Roman Reigns, I don't think any of us are going to survive another 800 days with Roman Reigns. I'm just saying. Well, what say you, Heather?
4: <laughs> I would not survive. No, I would not. <laughs> well, it's a, like I said, it's a totally different landscape. You're talking to a guy who was brought up during the second Bruno Sammartino title reign of three and a half years. You had Bob Backlund from 1978 to 1983. Then you had Hulk Hogan from '84 until his first title loss to Andre on that primetime main event back in uh, ni- back in like '89, '90. I mean, you don't see extremely long title reigns anymore. You don't. This is honestly the longest title reign with a world title that we have seen since, God forbid I say it, CM Punk in 2013 when he held the title for 467 days.
0: And not to interrupt you on that, Chris, I kind of felt like that title reign was also tainted on punk and that's nothing on punk the creative just did a shitty job taking care of punk as a champion yes. and you're right I'm there's just you haven't seen it since you, even before punk i believe john cena held it for just shortly over a year but before that yeah it it's very rare to see title chain or title reigns run this long. The last time we've seen it was before WWE, WWF started doing monthly pay per views back when the only four pay per views existed, which were Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, and Survivor Series. And I think that's been really one of the biggest downfalls for WWE. Is With that many pay-per-views, or, I'm sorry, now premium live events, I think storylines get rust and the suspense isn't as good as what you kind of see in some of AEW. Although I kind of feel AEW needs to kind of start picking up the slack in some ways, where they've really kind of, ever since Tony Khan's been... Since Tony Khan bought Ring of Honor, he kind of fell back on those type of duties. I think right now is just the time for Tony Khan to kind of start looking at maybe getting a better team for creative, rather than just him.
1: I have a question for Heather. Yes. Are you ready? <laughs> don't laugh. I, I, these are serious questions. That, you know, I I probably stay up all night just thinking about these things. I I don't get any sleep because of it, Heather. Who has the best entrance music? Uh, I'm going to say John Moxley. I love John Moxley. I love Wild Thing, his entrance music. Okay, what is it? It's Wild Thing. Okay, now who has the worst? (laughs) I'm going to say Theory because I can't stand him. Okay. (laughs) John, do you even care? John? Uh,
0: I think as far as the best... I know Mm -hmm. people are going to say, what the fuck are you thinking? (laughs) But if you ever hear, the minute you hear MJF's song hit, it's not even a half a second fans are reacting. And you know you got the fans right there when they're reacting that quick the minute your song hits. He does such a great job being a 24-7 kayfabe heel, he always stays in character, and I actually got the chance to see him on the very first Jericho cruise I attended, and I'll tell you, man, that guy, he does not break, and it's kind of funny to watch that, too, because if you come across a fan who still is naive to the wrestling business, and you see a guy acting like that (laughs) 24-7, it kind of makes it more comical, but you have to make sure you prepare that fan say hey he's going to be a dick you need to be careful around it not take it serious but as far as the worst one i don't know i i really don't have a worst one to think of to be honest okay
1: well if somebody's listening to this you know cuz it's being recorded we just want to uh, i just want to shout out to the listeners here we have Amber Holly and we have Jay we have Chris Rosie Um, James, Jess, and A-Town. So thanks for joining us because this has been a lot of fun. So just wanted to let everyone know if they're listening to the recording, who's in here. So I guess, well, we see Jay here. He's come up to speak. How are you today, Jay?
5: Oh, I'm doing all right. I really could be better, but I can't complain now.
1: Oh, we we hope the rest of the day goes better. Did you have something you'd like to say to our host, John, or to our uh, wrestling wizard over here,
5: Heather. Well, one thing in particular, because I've been hearing a lot of chatter about the women's division and the state of the women's tag titles and their singles titles. Where do you see uh, everybody going forward with uh, now that Sasha Banks and Naomi are slated, I I think, potentially slated to come back? And where do you see that going down the line? Because the division right now is, look like utter trash, and it's not really getting better. Why
0: don't you go ahead first, Heather?
2: I mean, right now they're doing. <clears throat> excuse me. Right now they're doing the, uh, the tournament for the women's tag titles, and Io, um, Sky, and Dakota are have won. And then uh, Raquel and Rodriguez and Aaliyah have won right now. And I don't know who they're who's going next week. John, do you know?
0: Trying to remember right, right off hand, but. It, my mind's drawn a blink
5: right now
2: but I know those are the two teams that have won right now
5: those were the only two teams
2: no there's somebody that's wrestling next week that's going that's going to be wrestling next week but I can't remember who they are
5: i know Nak- um,
0: I believe Nikita Lyons and zoe Stark... are I think I can't remember who they're facing right off the bat i want to say it was Natalia and I can't remember who her partner that, is.
5: That was that was Natalia and Shayna Baszler.
0: Yeah. But that that's about as far as I remember. I have to go back and actually look at the cards for the shows.
5: But there was also the potential of uh, Raquel Gonzalez and then Aaliyah with, uh, with her being her tag partner.
2: Right. Yeah, that's who's won. Ra- Raquel, Rodriguez, and Aaliyah have won. They won on um, Friday. They won their match Friday. So right now, that they won, and Eo Sky and the Dakota have won. So they whoever the win Monday will be like those. Those will be in the running, and then whoever will win Friday will be in the running. So it's like it's they're, It's like what a just like a contenders match right now, and it's just going to go down until whoever's going to be the final two, the face is what's going on right now.
0: Okay. Let's, okay. So I've actually got the updated bracket now. So, Sky and Dakota eh, Dakota Kai defeated the team of T- Tamina and Dana Brooke in the first round. I believe that was on Raw. And then we're going to be seeing this week on Raw, Alexa Bliss and Asuka taking on the team of Nikki, almost Superhero, and Dewdrop. And thanks to WWE's really crappy ad here. It's really hard for me to see the other teams now. It looks like we're going to see, well, Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah defeated Shotzi and Xia Nikita Lyons and Zoe Stark are going to take on the team of Natalia and Sonya Deville. So, yeah, Shayna Baszler, I thought that might have possibly been wrong because Shayna's actually due for the Women's SmackDown Championship opportunity against Liv uh, Morgan. That, uh,
5: that is right. Okay.
1: So, um, Chris, did you have a question that you would like to ask?
3: No, I just wanted to comment that uh, the best uh, theme song or interest theme is CM Punk's "Cult of Personality" by Living Colors. At least that's my opinion. I just want to throw it out there.
1: <laughs> I love it, Living Colors, no, no. So yeah, I would agree. No,
5: I, I just think that uh, the best theme song right now for like uh, for anybody would be "Edge Metalingus" by Alter Bridge.
1: Not bad, not bad at all. So um, I've pretty much like run out of questions. Sorry, <laughs> I've sort of I've sort of taken over the show. I didn't mean to do that.
0: I just, I. It's all good. You know, we went way off the format, but that's okay. It's good to get wrestling fans involved, especially with this being the very first live recording. And I appreciate it, each and every one of you tuned in. And please feel free if you got questions, comments, throw your hand up, have Carolina interrupt us, and we'll get you in there.
1: So, are, are, are you doing this again next Sunday?
0: Uh, We're going to wait and see what Will's schedule is. Originally, I was actually supposed to be camping, but plans have changed for something different for everybody that was involved. So more than likely, I think both of us are scheduled to be here. But I might even get Will. If Will is available, yeah, we will do another Twitter space and get him a little more acquainted with the wrestling fans since he doesn't really have – he doesn't really do – Twitter, but he's running the Facebook group that fans of pro wrestling for me. So,
1: you know, if Will is here next week and stuff, Heather should be your co-host. Oh hell yeah! She is just so she's so awesome, and I, I'll be that annoying person in the audience. <laughs> I'm like, excuse me, I have my hand up. Excuse, excuse me, excuse me. You're just gonna you
0: know you're just gonna ask her Roman Reigns and USOs, aren't you?
1: Yep, and then I'm gonna be like, uh, William, William, poor William, he won't know what hit him. I was like, who is this person, John? <laughs> I'm like, I'm your biggest fan, William, you just don't know that, so yeah. <laughs> well,
0: I'm just going to tell him this is my friend that says she wants to be just like you, always camping and fishing and leaving me behind, you know.
1: Oh, no, I wouldn't leave you behind. I, I, I'm not going to lie, I would ditch him, especially because <laughs> you're, the, you're the one with the ice cream, you know, I mean, I'm sure if, if I got to be a slacker and gone fishing or whatever, sure, but if if it has to be a choice between William and you, you never leave the ice cream guy behind, ever. That's a no no.
0: Well, especially on a hot summer day, you know, we're supposed to be everyone's right. best friend.
1: That's right. You're my best friend, John. I don't care what anybody says.
0: Sweet, I got one finally.
1: <laughs> until winter time comes.
0: <laughs> yeah, until winter time comes. Like, what the hell are you doing here? We don't sell ice cream right now.
1: Lucky for you, I live in Florida, so it's hot all year round.
0: Oh, sweet. Maybe I'll just make a few trips down there. I'm sure my company owners wouldn't mind.
1: Yeah, and tell them I would buy up all the rest of the Choco Tacos if you found any.
0: Oh, yeah, that's pretty much a drought now.
1: Right. So, I don't know about anybody else, but I've had a blast.
0: Yeah, if, anybody, if nobody else has a questions, we'll just hurry and go through the results real quick and then... We'll kind of go right into our top ten for the week.
1: Oh, wait. We have a wrestling fan. It's Jason. Jason, he, Jason, you have to come up here. Jason knows his wrestling stuff. So Jason's our buddy. He nope. knows everything. He's Hello, also Jason. A fan.
0: What's up? How you doing today?
6: Well, I'm doing
1: good. I mean,
6: um, I'm just going back and forth. Just got done doing laundry right now. My mom's so waiting for her to get done. So I can go up there and help her. You know, she's seventy-one with a bad hip. So, you know, oh, I'm just well, waiting to get the call.
1: Son of the year! Good job, Jason. You just do everything. Okay, go ahead. Oh no,
6: I just I just saw you guys uh, chatting, so I just dropped by.
1: Well, you, I know you're a wrestling fan, so here's your opportunity to ask John, the Guru, and then uh, whether or Heather, the Wizard. You like most people don't get to to hear Heather. They don't know how passionate she is about wrestling. And today, boy, she's put on this display. She's been awesome. So if you'd like to ask a question or make a comment to Heather, or John, now's your chance.
6: Um, don't really know. Cause I don't know what you guys been talking about
1: all afternoon. Everything, just anything and everything about AEW, WWE um, first
6: show. Okay. So I have a problem. I just want your take on this. Um, In AEW, uh, Sonny Kiss has really not progressed whatsoever. And uh, I'm afraid to speak out on the timeline against Sonny Kiss because, you know, I don't want to get attacked for being homophobic. But unlike other LGBT wrestlers like uh, Antonio Bowens, for example, who has greatly progressed, I don't think he has done done anything to, uh, say, take a spot on Rampage or uh, Dynamite. And so they put together the Trust Busters. Uh, Ari DeVari is a great pickup, and Parker Bredow is is an excellent steal after he got released from uh, WWE. Uh, they put it the, together, and I was invested, and then all of a sudden they Added Sunny Kiss, who really hasn't really done anything, and I just want your take on 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 that because I think in the end that's going to really kind of hurt AEW if Sonny Kiss is all of a sudden a focal point in a in a, in a, in, a, in a stable that uh, Tony Khan is trying to uh, trying to sell. And it's going to hurt the overall product, especially now with uh, Triple H and what he's doing with the WWE. But um, your takes on that.
0: Heather, I'll let you go first.
2: I don't really have anything to say about
0: that. Oh, well, thanks for making that so easy. (laughs) Anyways, I don't really think it's going to hurt AEW. I think the only thing that hurts AEW right now is they're not focusing on being themselves. They focus a lot of trying to kind of get under WWE skin, and if you were a wrestling fan back in the 90s you saw that same situation when wcw was around i think aew needs to kind of not it how do i did sorry my brain's farting right now how about like maybe
1: they need to find their own niche
0: yes that's where i was going basically they need to not acknowledge wwe like wwe doesn't really acknowledge aew i think that will be the first step AEW goes. If they do that and try their own things, much like what you mentioned, Sunny Kiss kind of now all of a sudden coming in with the Truth Busters, all that, we don't know where it's going to go. I think it was the right move to attack Orange Cassidy, who's most beloved by the fans. And I'll be honest, when I attended the last Chris Jericho Cruz, Sonny Kiss was very well loved by the fans and well recognized everybody knew who Sonny Kiss was but as far as bad booking we just need to find a way to realize that WWE is their own brand, AEW is their own brand, they need to try their own things whatever works stick with it, whatever doesn't work make the change but you don't know that until you try something.
6: Uh, I can, uh, I I agree. I I agree. I'm 50-50 for what you're saying. I do think AEW has found its niche. I think the problem is uh, Tony Khan is kind of stretched in who to book. You know, he's got to spread out some of the responsibilities,
0: I yeah, uh, and if you were yeah, I, sorry, no, because
6: I, it it does come up. that sometime I think when we say that they're focusing on WWE, you gotta realize a lot of those guys that are coming over from WWE, uh they were really mistreated by the old regime, but now I think with Triple H taking over, I think you're gonna see a lot of that subside. I don't think you're gonna see a lot of attacks. Because a lot of those guys that work at AEW right now, probably with the exception of CM Punk, they respect Triple H. So, and they love Triple H. And there's going to be a time when contract comes back up and, they, and maybe they will think, you know, I probably want to give it another shot now that Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard and uh, Johnny Ace is gone. So I don't think they want to burn bridges by saying whatever they uh saying whatever's in their, uh, on their mind about the WWE right now. But uh, as far as it, I think they're finding a niche. I think the problem when I watch AEW television is that Tony Khan is kind of... I think he's spread out and you could tell there's a little burnout, especially after the ring and honor acquisition and all of that. I think he does need to handle a responsibility so we can focus in. You know, focus in on certain things so, to, so it just... so. so we could get the uh, dynamite and rampage to flow again and uh, I'll just leave it at that so I don't get all over the place
0: no you're all good I'm I, i I'm with you on the whole 50-50 deal right there um, but the problem is, is it's a business people are going to jump ship regardless if they're not happy they're going to move on and see the other opportunities out there and right now this is probably the best time to actually be a professional wrestling talent you got WWE you got New Japan Pro Wrestling you got AEW with Ring of Honor you've got Impact NWA power i'm kind of not sure i want to say they're kind of hanging on by a thread right now but you know there's always going to be pros and cons people are going to get pissed people are going to be happy and i see where you're going with that there it's i'm not going to lie yeah there's probably going to be a lot of talent now happy that vince has finally retired they were triple h guys they might make they might change ship but unfortunately in the business too money talks and that's always a big proponent is finding out which company is going to be better for you you saw james storm who had a brief stint few years ago take a couple of matches in nxt unfortunately impact came in and made him a better offer because they didn't want to see him in wwe anymore and i think if james storms was to redo it back then he probably would have stuck it out with nxt again it's just nature of the business it's going to be a matter of who you like what fits your schedule what's best for your families if you got one there's nothing really more I got to say on that. My brain just froze.
1: Jay, you had a comment? I
0: yes, see.
5: Um, ju- just for the simple fact of what uh, Jason was saying earlier, um, the simple fact of. Uh Everybody just like flip flopping back and forth. That's gonna happen regardless. And the simple fact of every WWE or former WWE star going to NXT. Obviously, it was that former like uh, that former regime. It was it was Vince. It was Bruce. It was Johnny Laurinaitis. It was Kevin Dunn. And it was it was all of them. They absolutely did not want to see Triple H's vision flourish and have it be much better than what Vince was co- like uh, putting on the main roster every single week. So I don't blame those other guys for wanting to leave. But the simple fact of the matter AEW, like taking like to, uh, to what John alluded to earlier, you're really not trying to focus on one other com- the other company. Until AEW is on the level of a WWE that's been there for so many years, you can't be speaking negatively negatively about anybody or anyone in that company, or anything in that company for that matter.
6: Yeah, I, I don't think. Be- yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I will. Um... I don't think they were speaking negative as they were kind of like in a hip hop quote, dissing WWE. I think the problem was you had a lot of talent that was frustrated with the regime and they just spoke their mind. And it, yeah, and it did come off as if they were being petty, but they also spoke positive. About some of the things that were going on in WWE, and a lot of that was what, what Triple H was doing. Now, the only person that I would say on that AEW roster that probably said anything negative about it uh, was probably uh, CM Punk. That was probably the only person. Everybody well, else, Because I mean, right, right. yeah, everybody else from Jericho to uh, to Adam Cole to uh, John Moxley. Uh, their problems were not with the company per se, it was with certain, it was with the. Uh, it was with who we keep mentioning, Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard, uh, John Laurinaitis, and Kevin Dunn. And that was their problem. That was a why a lot of them were released. It was why a lot of them did not renew their contracts. It was uh, why a lot of them are in AEW right now trying to see Whatever they could weren't allowed to do, or whatever creative idea that was not heard in WWE, they wanted to see could it work in AEW? But as far as a lot of people have, well, AEW talks negative about WWE. No, they're not really talking negative about the company. You know, I don't, I don't, I didn't take it as a slight. I just took it as them, you know. Whatever they couldn't say because they were under WWE contract, they got it out then. And it's not in a case where it was back in the nineties where Eric Bischoff would take pot shots at WWE. And I think that's where I'm coming. That's where that's it just popped in my head. Because Eric Bischoff used to do that all the time. He just used to take pot shots at WWE for no reason. And then right, pop Yeah, yeah. And it, and then it bit him in the ass. I don't think that's the same situation that you're seeing in AEW. And, I, like, and, and like I said earlier, now that that regime, now that there has been a regime change, I I expect them a lot to focus. Now they will have time to focus on who's AEW, who's AEW. And I think I see it right now with Tony Khan. But as I said earlier, right now, some of those responsibilities that he has, he has to stretch it out right now. Because you can't have a situation where with, with, with you have with Jonathan Gresham. That can't. That that can't. He has to find somebody. If he can't talk to Tony Khan, there's got to be somebody back there that he can that that he can express his uh, frustration to. So those are the kind of things that going forward that I'm I, I, I'm concerned. I'm more concerned and be looking at for AEW from that standpoint. Or Thunder Rose and how she was booked earlier in the year. She expressed her frustration. She didn't like how she was being booked as a champion. So those are the kind of things that I look at.
1: Okay, I guess we're all still here. (laughs) So I'm interrupting again because that seems to be my favorite thing to do. So, Heather, what are your thoughts about all of this? I don't know, y'all. I just try to really
2: stay out of that whole. Mess with Vince McMahon and all that, but because I'm just like happy that I'm really happy that he's gone because he did mess up storylines. He did like because like the whole thing like he would tear up the storylines like right before everybody was ready to go out, he would just tear them up and they were like would have to redo everything right before they were ready to go on and do the matches and everything. And like I'm just like I'm just happy he's gone. That's all I'm gonna say on that.
0: I'm just gonna basically repeat what I said earlier. I think a lot of a lot of the change you see is now being seen on t v but with the Vince McMahon work ethic, you know everybody had to be ready twenty four seven I think you're gonna see a not as much chaos go on behind the scenes now. You're not gonna have someone scream at the broadcasters in the ears. I don't think you're going to be seeing creative work every single second of their life. But hopefully we're going to start seeing some better storylines, things that are more logistically sensible. But you're right as far as Tony Khan with the whole hoarding talent. I think he did kind of stretch himself pretty thin. However, if he can get Ring of Honor going a little better it will definitely help alleviate some of that pain. But at some point, you're going to have to be like WWE and release some talent and let them do their own thing elsewhere. Because if you hang on to them too long, it's going to be just like the Vince McMahon regime. They're going to resent you. They're not going to think about you. And they'll just go elsewhere to make money if it's going to be that case.
1: Wait, we never asked. So, like, does... Heather, does Triple H like Roman Reigns? Yes or no? I'm not really sure on that one. i think he does, but I'm really not sure. But um, I, I think he does. He does. And
2: I think he's. I, I think he's more of a. I think he likes Seth Rollins because like Seth Rollins uses his pedigree because I know he was back back in when he was really into it because he like he turned like Seth Rollins turned on the Shield and everything because of Triple H. Because, like, I know he liked him, but I think he does like Roman Reigns.
0: Triple H is one of those guys who, if you respect him, he respects you. And probably the only one I really think had any kind of issues with him was CM Punk. Unfortunately, you know, not everybody gets along, and that's just one classic example right there. Yep.
1: Not everybody's cup of tea. I get that. So... And so basically what we're saying now is that um, because Triple H kind of likes Roman Reigns, it means Heather, he's going to be around for probably another 800 days. (laughs) You stop it. Stop it. I'm trying to help you out here. And so uh, does Stephanie like, because you know what? If a a wife doesn't like somebody, it could be does Stephanie like Roman Reigns? I mean,
2: I really don't know, but, like, I really think that the way, like I said, like, the way it's going with Roman Reigns, like, kind of trimming back his schedule and everything, and they are talking about him going Hollywood. I really think that it's getting ready for him to lose the championship, but I just don't know to who. That's, like, the whole big thing. I I mean, I would, like, like, at Clash of the Castle, I would like Drew to win, but I just don't see that happening right
1: now. Here's something, Heather. I just saw. So they're saying that they need a lead for Herbie, the love bug. Roman (laughs) Reigns would be perfect. Oh, good Lord. (laughs) For Herbie, the love bug. Wouldn't he be perfect? That way he would have to give up his title because, you know, that would take a while. Can you imagine that? Roman Reigns, the star of of Herbie, the love bug. Yeah, he can do that. He can do that. (laughs) And they're casting in September. I mean, that's only, you know, that's not that far away. We could have this problem resolved in like two weeks. Okay, yeah, let him go do that. That would be perfect. Roman Reigns and Herbie the Love Bug, and then and you'd be happy because you'd probably go see it just because you just to make sure and verify that Roman Reigns is legitimately gone. Yeah, I would go see that definitely. Make sure Roman Reigns is gone.
0: Yeah, but so then. but then at the next premium live event, we'll see Roman driving down the aisle with Herbie the love bug. You know, ever since.
1: Don't do that to Heather. Don't do that to Heather. <laughs>
0: well, hey, if Brock Lesnar can drive his damn tractor all the way down the ring, tip the damn ring all the way oh, that over.
1: Was so awesome.
0: <laughs> uh, I'm sure they can I do mean, something with Herbie.
2: I mean, just sitting there watching that, like, my view from where I was, like, I just got to see, like, him just come, like, I, I could see the entrance where they came in, and he got, like, he started walking down, and then he turned around, and he went back, and he got that tractor, and he come down through there, and I was like, oh, my God, it was, like, so awesome. I was like, I could not believe I was sitting there watching that. Like, it was just so awesome. I was like, wow.
0: Yeah, I have That's to say, was- that was Probably one of the best damn last standing matches I've ever seen in all of WWE's existence there.
1: I feel like we solved problems today. <laughs> Can I we, feel like we, we we didn't accomplish anything else, I don't think, but um, we, we accomplished that. Now we, you know, we know how to get rid of Roman Reigns. Uh, so, well done, team. Good job.
0: Great. We're going to make every one of you the honorary booker of WWE now.
1: Well, I'm game if you're game.
0: Oh, hell, can't. Can't do any worse than what we've seen in the last few years, so, you know.
1: That's true. So, now that we solved Heather's problem, who else has a problem we need to solve? No one? Okay.
0: No one so, needs a hug or anything?
1: I don't think we're allowed to have hugs. I think that's, like,
0: uh, I think
1: that's on the rules. That's on the wrestling fans' insight rules. No, I just said no, no kingmaker.
0: Hugging. I just said no kingmaker BS.
1: No kingmaker yeah. You know, what? you you should explain that.
0: No, 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 because if Bernard Earl's not here, he's going to have to be the one that explains that. He started it. He can clean up his own little mess.
1: Look, and we have the uh, the other troublemaker in here who, like, is totally supportive of that. <clears throat> not, not Jay Boggs. No, somebody else. Is it who, Carrie? Who I, oh, no, he's not in here. Oh, he, that's right. There's triplets, right. There's Bernardo, Carrie, and the other troublemaker in here.
0: Oh, dear. And no, we're not. Yeah. I, I got to look at my phone because my screen's blank. Oh, so, okay. I see him. I see him.
1: They come in. They come. They're triplets. It's Bernardo. It's Bernardo. You know who. And Carrie. So, does anybody else have anything to say wrestling-wise? Oh,
5: oh I have something to say.
1: Okay. Okay. Well,
5: say it. One thing I want to say is how on earth we get rid of the the twenty four seven title, because that's been a looming thing for six years.
0: Do you give it the scrolling or give it that um, skull championship treatment. Throw the some bitch in the lake.
6: I think we are. You haven't seen it really. No twenty four seven shenanigans have been on TV the last couple of weeks, so I think we're slowly phasing it out. So I think. I think it's on his deathbed.
0: Well, and I really, I really love the fact that, you know, with the first-round women's tag team championship match, we didn't see that shenanigans. That was what my biggest worry was, was someone was going to be stupid enough to plug that into a – actually what was one of Dana Brooks' best matches I've seen in a while – and luckily, we did not see any of that, and it made that tag team match really enjoyable.
6: Well, because Dana Brooke is from Ohio, I'm not going to slander it. I won't slander her hard. That's right. But, uh, yeah, yeah um, I will agree with you. But Dana Brooke, uh, I don't want to go too far off. Um, she was pretty decent when she was in NXT when she was with Emma. And then she just brought her on, and she just regressed. Dramatically, when they brought her on the on, on the main roster, I, so uh, it's it's good. Hope, hopefully, they stick her with a veteran again, or she gets the mojo back that she had when she was with Emma. And we can get something decent. I, I don't think we're going to get anything, but uh, I was scared for a second though. Going back to what you were saying initially, doing a tag team match with the twenty four seven. That's how you knew Triple H was booking. Because if that was Vince McMahon, oh, you definitely would have seen the shenanigans. You should, would, have, would have seen Akira Cezawa, Hard truth and everybody, Drew Gulak and everybody, come up in there trying to pin her for the 24-7 title. And maybe Tamina would have turned on her or whatever and cost him the match. Yeah, so that, that was good to see. That's how you knew Triple H was booking it.
0: Exactly. It, you know, and I'm sorry, we just... I think if they were going to do something to that format, they sh- they would have just been better off bringing back the Hardcore Championship, and even doing that would have been a big risk because I don't think it's bringing really any value. It had a little bit of comedy with Hard truth in there for the longest of time, but it's lived its course, and it's time to move on and pretty much be done with that championship.
6: Yeah, because I thought they were going to do something seriously with the title when they put it on Riddick Moss, and then Vince McMahon had a change of mind. And, you know, that was it. That was the only time I kind of took it seriously because Riddick Moss looked real good. And then when they went back to the uh, shenanigans, I was like, yeah, this title is really a joke, and it really has no business being on TV.
0: (laughs) And the funny thing is the last two Chris Jericho cruises, Someone actually made their own 24-7 title look exactly like it, and they were running that format the entire five days of the cruise. Just everyone was having a blast, you know, pinning each other every deck. I think at one point, Will Ospreay actually won the championship too, (laughs) and same with Ricky Morton, which, like I said, it's got its comedic value to some point, but... Now in the wrestling, actual wrestling shows, it's just done.
6: Yeah, I I I, I agree. I mean, but I, I I'm not gonna lie. Some of those skits I did laugh. When the Gobbledygooker won wanted, I was I, I was laughing. <laughs> yeah. I, I you know, so some of the aspects of it, I mean, I don't mind. It just like, I like Vince McMahon when he thinks he had an idea, he would run it to a great idea that works. He would run it to the ground to where he didn't want to see it anymore and i think uh for initially when the hardcore title when it did crash holly going back to those time days i look at it now and i can't believe that i enjoyed it cuz i was like what the fuck i mean no excuse my language on a sunday but i was like what the hell <laughs> so yeah i think i i i i I'll, I'll, I'll be happy when they fade when that 24 is no more
0: yeah i think the majority of fans are right there with you it's just It's done, it's dead. Time to move on from it.
5: Or you could just give it to me and I'll burn it for free.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, WWE Shop has plenty of them on stock, Jay.
5: Burn the rest of those. (laughs) too.
6: I want to get this off my chest, and I don't mean to change the subject, but now that Vince is totally out the way and we talk about the WWE Hall of Fame, I know Triple H was responsible for a lot of those guys like uh, Scott Steiner for the Steiner brothers, for instance, uh, Bruno San Martino, Bob Backlund. He was uh, responsible for a lot of uh, of, uh, of the issues that those guys had with the company and brought them in for the Hall of Fame. Um, I'm thinking right now that, you know, this is a perfect time to, like, vouch for guys that I really think deserve that recognition. Uh, The Midnight Express, especially beautiful Bobby Eaton. Yeah, I mean, he meant so much for a lot of those guys. For you, you t- you you talk to Stone Cold Steve Austin about Bobby Eaton. He has nothing but nice things to say. I know Triple H has nice things to say about Bobby Eaton, but the Midnight Express were they were this sick. They were like the tag team of the 1980s. You can't name a tag team feud in the 80s or even the early 90s without mentioning the Midnight Express. I mean. So I, I, that's one tag team about you. There's a lot of talent right there, and I think we talked about wrestling a little bit. Or forward, or you follow me. I, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll move on forward about other guys, but one guy, one tag team, I do
0: think needs this recognition is the Midnight Express. Now, my question for you on that is, which version of the Midnight Express would you like to see?
6: Uh the best version. That was Stan Lane and uh, Bobby Eaton. That is uh that is not up for debate. I think Randy Rose, Dennis Condre, and I think there was another person that was that was uh, before it was Randy Rose and Dennis Condre. But uh, Bobby Eaton and Stan Lane, that was the best version. So that that will be the one I would send in.
0: I agree, cause that's when I actually started watching wrestling. I actually started it what as a routine with my grandfather. We used to watch PBA bowling, and then shortly after. NWA came on back when it was Jim Crockett Promotions, and the first team I actually watched, well, first teams I watched was Gene and Oli, or not Gene and Ole Ole and Arn, but also Bobby Eaton Bobby and Stan Lane and Jim Cornette really did a great job being the mouthpiece for that team too so if they were ever to put the Midnight Express in I really hope they put all three of those guys right there it probably wouldn't even be bad to get Dennis Condry in there as well those three I recognized more of the Midnight Express than anyone
6: yeah I think the problem has been in the past has been Bill Cornette but I would think that if he goes in he'd be so humble that you wouldn't get the Jim Cornette that we know of now, the little, you know, little crazy, you know, what is it? What, these, what is he going to say? Is he going to shoot off the hip or whatever? I think he'd be so humbled because when he uh, inducted the Rock and Roll Express in the Hall of Fame, he was he was humble just to be there and just to induct the both of them in there. So I don't think you're going to get crazy, Cornette, and I think that was the, that's the, been the biggest concern. About inducting the team in, but I I know Triple H is good at ironing. He's, he's been good at ironing out things with people in the past, and now that he has, uh, now that he's running, pretty much running the show. That be like that's one of the first ones. I think another one to be the British Bulldogs, but that's another topic. I know Davey Boy's finally in there, but I think that team needs to be in there as well.
0: Oh yeah, and my Kid. He's probably one of the most deserving guys to be in there as well, as much as his contributions. Back in the 80s, you know, you couldn't ask for a better guy who could be a ring general back then to many wrestlers back in those days.
1: Hey, Heather. Um, We need to go to our wrestling wizard. Yeah, I'm here. So, who would you induct into the WWE or WWF or whatever, WWE, like Hall of Fame? Tag teams? Tag teams? (laughs) Sure.
0: Oh, good Lord uh oh did we lose her
1: um, now, hold on one second while we're waiting and stuff uh, Jay are those your dogs in the background Jay <laughs> okay he can't hear us cause I mean like his dog I think it's his dogs Jay are those your dogs
5: that was my dog yeah
1: so uh, what kind of dog do you have
5: what kind of dogs yeah uh, those are Belgian Malinois. I don't know if you ever heard of those before
1: no, but I have Google. I can find out. What was it again? Okay. What was it?
5: About? Those are Belgian Malinois.
1: How do you spell that? Okay. Okay, I'll just use hooked, by, hooked on phonics and figure it out myself. <laughs> ah. yeah. uh, huh.
5: But my favorite tag team of all time uh, that, that's, uh, that'll be the Dudleys. Ah. Mm hmm.
1: So if you have a Belgian Shepherd. Are they?
5: Belgian uh, Shepherd? We do have a Belgian Shepherd, actually.
1: See? I see what Google can do for you. <laughs>
5: mm-hmm.
1: So, all right. So we're learning stuff today. Good job, team. Good job.
7: Yeah.
1: So, uh, okay. Oh, Chris is back up again. Hi, Chris. Chris. Uh-oh. Where did you go?
0: What are you doing to my I'm- audience there?
1: I, I don't know. I, I say hello. I say hello, and then they stop talking. That's
3: not my fault. I'm here. Um, I was going to jump in and say my favorite tag team uh, of all time would have been the Hart Foundation and or the British Bulldogs, which is, I guess, kind of funny. They're, I guess, semi-related, right, John?
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, British Bulldog, uh, Bret Hart, Jim Danville, Knight Hart, all part of the Hart Foundation. Uh, British Bulldog married... Uh, Brett's sister Diane, and I can't remember which sister Jim married. I can't. I hate it when this my mind like, goes blank This is
1: like the this is like the hee haw of wrestling. This is so sort
0: of. stuff
1: about how everybody's <laughs> related to each other. Fantastic.
0: Well, you know that's really how pro wrestling really is is generational. Right.
1: right.
6: Yeah, yeah, you I mean, had the Hart uh, Dynasty. You got the Samoan dynasty.
1: Oh no! You got the Longstrom. Not
6: family. <laughs> well, the legit Samoan dynasty. Everybody who's legit related to each other in that one. Let me clear you know, that you up. You have
1: to tell me about that. We we know exactly I, how that works, and it's not. Yeah. It, it, and people want to be a part of the the bloodline, and I'm. Like, yeah,
6: we are. We're I not going to talk, about him, no yeah, talk about him him no more. No,
1: actually, we are going to talk about him, Heather. No. <laughs>
0: Hang on, Heather. I better go get another beer for this.
4: <laughs> okay. Oh, Just on. send
5: me one. More. No, get three. Three? Yeah, the phone. Three? Three.
1: Get four. Amber Harley needs one. Hey, Amber, how are you? I tell you, I don't know what it is. I say hello to I people can, and nobody I'm talks. here. I'm here. What are you doing? Well, it's none of our business what you're doing, but... I I just told John (laughs) to go get you a beer because it it sounds like you need one. (laughs) And you know what's terrible? His co host neither one of us drink. So I I don't know. Heather, are you back yet? Neither does this one. Okay, so um, I just want you to know that no one, like, no one has married, like, into Roman Reigns family or whatever. So you're good to go. There's there's. You won't have to worry about that issue for a while. Okay. Until these kids grow up. No, actually, so did you figure out your tag team, like Hall of Fame? My Hall of Fame tag team? Yes. Uh.
2: Like who I would want in the Hall of Fame? Sure. Hmm. Trying to think. Uh
1: I'm not right. gonna say that so don't say don't
2: even oh. say that. Oh. <laughs> say,
1: are there any Polynesian wrestlers that you actually like? Uh, I can't think of any. I'm...
0: Not even The Rock.
2: <laughs> yeah, the Rock, of course, yeah. Okay,
0: okay, I was gonna say
4: Yeah.
3: We <laughs> can still be friends, Heather.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, the Rock, of course, yeah. But, like, the tag team, like, I loved when RK-Bro was together. Like, I just loved them. They were just, like, so perfect t- together. But, you know, I, I you know, of course, Randy Orton got hurt, you know. But, like, I don't know. The Usos, I guess, would be, like, maybe Hall of Fame worthy because they are an excellent tag team. But, you know, but I just can't stand them right now. So,
1: So, Jason, are you there? I'm here. Did you like the Barbarian? Oh, yes.
6: Congo the Barbarian. That was his uh, whole name. Yes, yep. I did.
1: Mm. Yes. So he's my favorite Polynesian one. And maybe J- Jimmy. Jimmy Snooker. He was the second one. Mm.
6: love
7: Jimmy Snuka.
6: Yeah. yeah, I loved him. I loved him. It's just a sad uh, tragedy. Yeah. But no, I don't want to speak on that. But yeah, I, I love Jimmy Snuka.
1: Yep. And I liked him more than the Wild Samoans and Samoa Joe.
5: Oh, Samojo's legit, but I don't even know why he's not a part of it. But that's just to me. Right.
6: So, uh, you know, the very first one of that dynasty that I did see, and I was a fan of the seeker. that's Roman Reigns' dad. Right. And I didn't really put A and B together for all of them. I remember the Samoan squat team, with, uh, and I and I did not know that I was Rikishi that all uh, Paul Heyman, uh when he was Pauly Dangerly was uh managing back in WCW right and in the independence. Uh it was Rikishi and then the Tonga Kid. I know uh the Tonga Kid, I don't know his real name, but he was tagging with Rikishi with the uh as a, members of the small Squad team. And then uh there was Kokina and he was ended up he was tagging with Sika down here in Alabama and Georgia, right. and, and in the Florida territories, and that and that was Yokozuna. He right. went to the WWE and became Yokozuna. And I did not know that that was Kokina uh, till, till he almost died. That they had somebody to tell me that that was the same person.
5: So that's where Samoa Joe got it from. Mm-hmm. With the Kokina Clutch? Uh-huh. Yeah. I didn't know that. It was Kokina. Well, he was Kokina before Yokozuna.
0: Yeah,
6: was he was. On- yeah, he Go was. He was a Samoan uh, wrestler. He was just wrestling by his uh, Samoan name, Kokina. Uh, gotcha. I don't know if that was, that was his ring name.
5: Okay.
1: Samoan Joe is Nofaula. Yeah,
5: I don't think he's with them.
1: Everybody, everybody needs to learn how to say his name, Nofaula. So, if okay. you write that down, everybody will get an A in the
5: Iku'una. class. Huh? Well, no, I was just saying, just...
1: Nofaula. Nofaula.
5: Oh, okay. family,
1: well, you can use his full name because Samoans. We have god awful. Like I have six names. So, and we're not even getting to the English part of it. So that's that's yeah, that's for another day. Samoa Joe is easier, but just right. to let people know I, that before someone says, "Well, Snuka," he yes, he wasn't Samoan. He was F- Fijian, So, so people don't get hyper about that because I know these wrestling fans. They get hyper. They know everything.
5: So. <clears throat> No, those those are the hard, those are the hardcore ones. I stay away from those guys.
1: Yeah, I yeah, don't run into them because they get they're like, I, I they're very passionate. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I I get it. It's like when you know, it's when people like discuss like college football and they don't know what they're talking about and it drives me nuts. So, anyways, we're not going to college football because it's about wrestling. So, back to you, Heather. What what back to me (laughs) (laughs) would anything you want to
2: talk about? You're like the wrestling wizard. Okay, John's been trying to get to to the reviews of the shows, and like we get keep getting sidetracked.
0: Okay, I think to the reviews. I think at this point we're already screwed on that. So (laughs) okay. (laughs) Actually, why don't we just go ahead and go into the topic, and everyone can participate. Just make sure you raise your hand, and Carolina will find you. But. Let's go into top 10 wrestlers for the week. And when I mean by top 10 wrestlers, those who actually wrestled, if you watched all the programming. It can be all one brand. It can be a mixture of many brands. So uh, why don't we go ahead and start with you, Heather?
2: But I see. I was having trouble coming up with that because like, they um, I was reviewing the matches. And, like, they, the matches that was, like, really good was, like, what I was really going over with. But I know Darby Allen had, like, a kick-ass match with Brody King. And, like, I'm, I'm going to go with him as one of the top ten because um, that match just really kicked
0: ass. Awesome. I'll go through my top ten real quick. Starting at number ten, I had Angelo Dawkins, who did a really great job with Seth Rollins on the opening a Monday Night Raw. Jade Cargill retaining her TBS championship against Madison Rain on Dynamite. Really super job. She's performed much better since her very first match in AEW. Working with Brian Danielson as her trainer. Just, you can see how much more she actually wrestles than rather than just a couple of the Goldberg moves that they seem to kind of have her. I Guess you can say have the Goldberg brand for AEW. Then I have the eight triple A mixed tag team champions Sammy Guevara, Tay Conte, take a number eight, number seven, NXT's 2.0 Wesley getting the quite the interesting match there. uh, Six rounds, (laughs) nothing that we've really seen before, except for when Johnny B. Bad and Arn Anderson did it back in the early days of WCW. My number six goes to Con- Gunther. I really have a hard time saying Gunther. I'd rather call him Walter still. He retained his champ- uh, WWE Intercontinental Championship against Shinsuke Nakamura. Number five, Bobby Lashley in a really great match with Champa. But he retains his United States Championship match and the only reason I got him at number five is I felt... Champa actually worked more of that match than Bobby Lashley did. Number four, I have Andrade El Idolo and Roosh, who had a really killer Texas Tornado match against Lucha Brothers. Number three, Zoe Stark. She looks really ready for Mandy Rose for next week's NXT 2.0 heat wave. Sorry, had another brain fart. She's going to be challenging Mandy Rose for the NXT Women's Championship. My number two, seeing this guy finally be the guy who he really is, Kevin Owens. Back to his aggressive days like he was with Kevin Steen in the Ring of Honor days. And my number one goes to Ciampa, who, like I mentioned before with Bobby Lashley, Champa had one hell of a match challenging Bobby Lashley for the WWE United States Championship. Ciampa definitely has been held in NXT 2.0. I think mostly by his choice because he wanted to stay there. But he definitely was ready for main roster long ago, and this match shows why.
1: That's a good top ten list. I myself have no top ten list because you don't want my top ten list. (laughs) uh, Well, no. Wait, wait, wait. I actually do have my top ten list. Heather, ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Okay, so starting at number ten, it'll be Roman Reigns. (laughs) And then it goes down to number one, and it's the Usos. There, my top one is done. <laughs> boom, I'm so awesome. Let's go to somebody that's probably more awesome than me. uh popular monster. welcome to the space.
7: thank you appreciate uh um Mike request. Thank you.
1: <laughs> uh, no problem. It looks like you're a much bigger wrestling fan than I am, so is there anything that you would like to share?
7: Yeah, um, I mean, I've not been prepared with the top ten. <laughs> That's
1: okay.
7: Um, I, I just did one very quickly. I'm kind of, I noticed. That was awesome. I like that. Um, Thank you. I'm not a big on, on AEW. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I mean just totally. what I mean by don't get me wrong is please don't take it the wrong way. Um, I just, 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 yeah, I don't watch that. I have not watched a single episode since its inception. Uh, none of the dark shows or anything like that. Um, not anything against, like, I'm not like a, what do they call them, a, f- a diehard or fanatic or, or e drone or whatever that people, <laughs> really, I like see on, on, uh, on Twitter, but, um, I, I mean, I, there's some wrestlers that I like watching, um, uh, I, I, pretty good list with Ciampa and Gunther or Walter as it were. Um, don't, haven't really watched NXT 2.0. I'm, I, that's the thing that I'm a wrestling fan, I should be watching all these events and things, but there's not a lot of time for it, it My own work, uh, but what I do watch, um, and what I've been watching lately, um, it's crazy hearing about, I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm pretty sure you guys probably discussed this at nauseum, but like the whole idea of Vince not being in charge anymore and, and things are improving. Um, I've only watched maybe one show since then, uh, a believe after SummerSlam. Um, but, like, you know, so those, those Dawkins, uh, Rollins, I mean, uh, Tez, you know, they, they're just, you know, really, really, really good. Um, you know, in aspects, you know, the moves, the, the you know, the facials, the, the everything, you know, being able to, you know, Promos are all scripted, so it's kind of hard to determine. You know who's good at at that, other than you know folks who you can tell are not scripted. You know, Um, good scene Dakota Kai um, and EO or whatever they call it now Sky, EO Sky uh, Bailey's back. I mean, it's (laughs) it's really getting interesting. Um, I mean, those are like, the folks that were wrestling back when I was actually really like, involved in having a lot of time to watch. So, I don't want to take up too much time. It sounds like I'm rambling, but it's just the same. Um, Those have been, like, you know, the phase, you know, Uh I guess Sasha Naomi or on the outs or just, I don't know, some kind of thing going on with them, right? But, yeah, um I've, I've been watching. uh I can not it since I could remember <laughs> my parents were well, not parents but my dad was a big wrestling fan you know with Dusty Rhodes and Flair uh yes we talk about the wild someone right and uh where the coquina came from you know that kind of thing right but uh yeah I mean I remember like Dr. Death I remember you know Abdul the Butcher um uh, you know even watching ECW yeah just <laughs> That was that was crazy. attitude energy there, you know. And then WCW, Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero. I don't know. I don't want to trigger nobody with uh, all of them. You know, the name itself sometimes sets people off. But uh, just you know, the cruiserweight. Let's put it that way. You know, good lot of them. I'm pretty sure you all know uh, the, the good ones. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, now that I talk, now that I'm actually. Talking about it, I mean, all these names are popping up. that would be in the top ten, and I apologize for rambling again, but uh, but yeah, um, just wanted to pop in and, and see what uh, the conversation was about, and I'm hoping it wouldn't be a bunch of uh, hate back and forth, you know, diehard going back and forth saying who's stuff and who's good, who's great. I don't know.
1: Well, we appreciate you coming on the space, and um, John, our host here, he runs a tight ship, so there's absolutely no hate going on here. And oh, and, it, and if there's hate, the enforcer is supposed to take care of that problem.
7: So. <clears throat> oh, wonderful, yeah. It's, uh, I got invited to a space that, was, that I'm involved in, like a chat. Um, and it's like, hey, you know, let's, uh, let's create this, this chat. And I was like, you know what? What I see on Twitter, if it's going to translate into being in this chat, you might as well forget it. Because, I mean, I'm not going to hold back. And I'll probably get... <laughs> I don't know really, if I, you know, banned or whatever, suspended in Twitter, jail, you know, some people being sensitive. That's well, yeah, kind of what th- I would be. I just to give this a wrestling opinion, you know?
1: Well, I'm popular. If, if I haven't been banned from Twitter, then you most certainly won't be banned from Twitter. So, um, yeah,
7: I've been flagged. Pardon me? I've been flagged. Yeah, I've been flagged before um, because I guess of the sensitivity is not the nature, but of the person, you know? So,
1: well, anyways, but, you know, we're just here to talk about wrestling with other fans and just get your takes and, you know, have a good time <laughs> and yeah. no yelling and we're not being <laughs> abrasive or anything like that. So I'll t- put it back to the host here who is the host with the most. Go ahead, John.
0: Yeah, okay. I, I want all wrestling fans to understand. I have, I don't have any kind of hate. I built this platform for all wrestling fans to come to whether you're a WWE fan, a AEW fan, New Japan fan, whatever it is you like, all feedback is welcome. Anything you want to talk about is welcome. I the only thing I always ask of everyone is just be respectful to everyone's different views and opinions. I mean, we're all here to have fun and that's one thing about wrestling that hasn't been here the last 2 decades is ever since AEW has now kind of, I wouldn't say really extremely kicked WWE in the nuts, but as I mentioned earlier in this episode and in the recording, it's provided a much different alternative for the different type of fan. As I said, you know, if you're going to watch WWE and that's what you're mostly a fan of, that you're more of the sports entertainment type person you're watching any of the other promotions outside wwe you're kind of more old school pro wrestling minded and i i do have to give aew a little bit of kudos they've done some of that but definitely there's every company's going to have their pros and cons and don't ever feel bad if you're just for one program or if you're for it all you're always welcome to come to these type of spaces and express yourself. And I want you all to feel safe that way too.
2: I just wanted to say, uh, John, what did you think about the whole uh, Chris uh, Jericho and John Moxley match and then CM Punk returning? What did you think about that?
0: It was killer. Uh, yeah, I love that. Chris Jericho brought his Lionheart days back, not from the WCW version, but the ECW version. That was the type of, of Lionheart that Moxley wanted, and that's what he got. And it's just amazing to watch Chris Jericho still perform at the age he's at. You don't see many wrestlers still performing after their 50s. You know, I just hope it doesn't get as bad as where, you know, he wrestles one last match like Ric Flair and you pass out twice in the match, you know. But Chris Jericho, definitely in much better shape, of course. And, you know, he doesn't have the physique mold like most wrestlers do but he's managed to keep himself in ring shape and I know many people are tired of seeing Chris Jericho not many people or not many wrestling fans really care to see him but I enjoy watching the guy still He's brought back a he brings comedy he brings some serious competition he has a way of knowing how to put together a match Every time he goes out there. And having that match with Moxley, I don't know if anybody remembered watching Dean Ambrose and Chris Jericho go in. A, I can't remember what kind of match it was, but they had a cage match and thumbtacks were involved and everything but the kitchen sink. And that was a killer match back then, too. But that was back in that was the Day. Yeah.
5: uh, That was the Ambrose Asylum match that he created. Right,
0: right. Thank you, Jay. I appreciate that. But yeah, I mean, anybody who watched that, I almost would say this match that they just recently had on Dynamite was pretty similar, just without the thumbtacks and the steel cage, you know? And CM Punk coming out trying to make the rescue, but you have Moxley. Basically turn around, knows he's right there, gives him the bird, the sign of disrespect. It almost just kind of was like reminiscent of when CM Punk left with the WWE Championship after he defeated John Cena in Chicago. And then a couple months later, it was either a month or two later, he comes back after John Cena wins the WWE Championship off Rey Mysterio's, I guess you can say, two-hour reign. And Punk comes out from the back and they both have their little standoff with championship and championship. That was the only thing I thought was missing right there is if they had that same situation where Punk raised his title and John Moxley raised his title, I think that would have ended Dynamite much perfectly.
2: Yeah, I love that match. I thought that match was awesome and the way they ended it and like just just John is just total disrespect and everything. Like I just thought that was totally perfect. And like the match between them two is going to be fire. Like I just cannot wait for that match.
0: Right, and Punk, it, you know he's the same age as me. He's actually just a few days younger than me. Actually, it's amazing to see that for as long as he was gone from professional wrestling to come back. He may not move as fast as he used to, but he can still get the job done in the ring and take care of his opponents and not injure them as well.
1: Okay, there's a dead silence. We <laughs> can't have that. Um, Jason, you're next.
0: Uh,
6: are we still doing, can, we, can I still do a top ten? Hell yeah, yeah brother! You can do a top ten. All right. Um, just from watching all the shows, a uh, person, the women really didn't, I, it's not that they didn't do bad. I didn't see anything offensive of the bad or anything like that. It's just like none of them stood out this week because uh, I'm a very good proponent of women's wrestling. So just nothing is so, before I get to top ten. And then I already mentioned the Bobby Lashley. I mean, uh, you did mention something earlier about Lashley's match with Ciampa. And he didn't make this list either, so uh, I just wanted to shout him out. Number ten is Park Brudeau's. I mean, what I saw for him from Dark, and then what I saw for him for Rampage—that's uh, pretty much where he was about as good as advertised when he signed with NXT. I saw why they were, uh, like Triple H, was high on him, and it's just—it's just a shame that he was a victim of uh, Johnny Johnny Ace, Mister Man, budget cut. But Parker is, 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 is advertised, and I want to see a lot more of him. I mean, and I hope he grows. I mean, because the sky's the limit for this guy. Uh, number nine, Darby Allen. Yeah, you know, these are the kind of matches he he thrives in. So nothing to go there. Uh, we got the old Shinsuke back. So uh, number eight, the strong style Shinsuke that we never got on the main roster. This was the one that we saw in NXT. Uh, you know, I YouTube a lot of his New Japan matches, but, you know, that's about as close as we got to uh, to that. So it was good to see. Number seven is Apollo Crews. He had an excellent match with Roderick Strong. And, you know, ever since he went back to NXT, uh, you can see ju- just a little change in him because you didn't get that out of Apollo Crews when he was on the main roster. So, I mean, really, he was really being wasted on the main roster. And then him back in NXT and having this match with Roderick Strong, I mean, um, what more else to say? Number six is Bodie King. And this man's a beast. I think we all know that. I mean, nothing else needs to be said. Number five is uh, Guther. I still hate calling him Guther. You know, um, I, I prefer Walter. And, 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 and the same with Shisuke. This is the Walter that I wanted to see that I saw in NXT. You know, the guy that was having a match with Pete Dunne, Tyler Bate, uh, Drogonoff. Uh, so it was good to see Guther. Number four, Seth Rollins. He has been the MVP of the WWE for about the last three years. I mean, uh, there has nobody on this roster been better than Seth Rollins, and again, he just proves why. Tommaso Ciampa is number three. I think y'all, uh, think you said it earlier about him, so I'm not going to go uh, any further. And the number two was the two guys in the main event on Dynamite. Uh, number two was John Moxley, and then number one, Chris Jericho. I don't think we need to go any even, further, even but we just got done talking about the both of them. But I think those two stood out this week for me. And and so Jericho 1 and Moxie 2. So that's my top 10.
0: Awesome. Great list, buddy. Mm -hmm. Well done. Bravo. Mm -hmm. Hey, does Apollo Crew still carry around that spear? That's the last time I saw him in the ring. No, actually he went back to NXT 2.0 and ditched that crap accent they made him use and he's by himself.
7: (laughs) (laughs) That was so ridiculous all
0: like oh my goodness. Oh it was it was definitely terrible. I just like how uh, he's gonna be the next victim and luckily he was saved by going back down to developmental. Does anybody else have a top
5: ten? Yes. V-
1: oh I'm sorry, Jace has his hand up. Oh
4: okay.
5: So yeah, about that top 10 uh, This is going to be a little bit uh, Different for me I'm just going to mix and match them From each show, actually um, For me, it will be Cora Jade at number 10 She's been looking a little bit more fierce As a heel She's absolutely been One of the top focal females In the division And I fully see her Going after either Mandy Rose Or whoever the NXT Women's Champion is To be the next um, long-term The longest reigning NXT Women's Champion Potentially Number nine I'd go with the Young Bucks They're absolutely uh, One of the greatest tag teams To ever hit AEW the Matches they've been putting on Especially with uh, the The um, With FTR With the Lucha Brothers With the Hardys With anybody else on that roster And more likely that um that, uh, that ladder match That they had recently for the tag titles Absolutely stellar Number 8 on my list would be um, Would be Kevin Owens More likely For him to be back into that Badass um, heel role That he was putting on In NXT as uh, One of the greatest To ever do it Number 7 I put Um I put Sasha Banks there because she's really been um, holding that division down since day one. And she's really not been given the quite, uh, she's really not been given that main opportunity as a single heel champ- as a singles women's champion. She's only had one 30-day title reign, and that's basically it. Number six would be um, the Street Profits the body of work they showed in the last uh, few months has been absolutely great. We'll watch that money in the bank match with, um, with the current tag team champions, the Usos. You'll never want to doubt these guys ever again. Number five, uh, that's Darby Allen. Cause, um, he's really been under the radar and he's really not like, uh, talked about as much or just, uh, Run off uh, as a credible guy, as much to any to anyone I know, actually. But he's really on my list. Number four would be the just two from that list. That would be Drew McIntyre. Domination is key, and he's been dominant ever since. But a little bit more of a serious role with your promos, and you'll be straight, my guy. Um, number three, that would be um, that would be the Usos. Much like uh, the Street Profits, their money in the bank match was one of the best this current year. And they they deserve to be on the run that they're on. Looked a little bit better, but they deserve it. Here's number two. And this is where I disagree with Jason's take of Chris Jericho being number one. Honestly, I don't think Jericho has been really that much of a... That he's he's really been up and down as of late. I don't know what uh they're really doing with the JIS and I don't know where it's gonna really go from here. But he has been doing like really kill with this matchup. so I'm not really gonna front on it, but I'm thinking that he could be slided down to number two. That, that's just me. Number one, I put John Mock there. Even though as an intern world champion, you can't really deny the guy has been doing the, some of the best work ever. He's been absolutely on fire, and he's never been stopped He's never stopped at it. He's never a guy really, like, regressed at it. Not one time.
0: Great list, Jay.
1: Good job, Jay.
0: Thank you. Oh, you, well, didn't, you didn't tell me there was a celebrity in the room.
1: Yeah, we have lots of them. Everybody's a celebrity.
0: I can barely read the names, but do you want to shout out to all the listeners and sure. speakers?
1: Sure. Um, welcome to Hour 3 of uh, Wrestling Fans Insights with our host, John, and our co-host, uh, our, wizard, our wrestling wizard co-host there. And then um, we want to thank Amber, uh, Popular Monster, uh, Jay, Jason, Sage, Jess, Amberlynn, Sean, and KCW. And then we also have uh, Kenny S- Smith. So welcome, all listeners, and uh, thank you with, for being here with all of us. Um, it's been great going back and forth with everybody.
7: So I have a question. Shoot, uh, oh. nobody nobody has mentioned, and I under, from my understanding, just seeing this gentleman or this wrestler on Twitter, did Wardlow fall off for everybody?
0: Well, no, but Wardlow also. He didn't really actively... Not one, of them. not one list. He was not on one list. That, that surprised me. So with my list, I usually do it with those who actually wrestled a match. And he didn't really wrestle this week. He was just in a kind of a promo and segment with Jay Lethal, Satnam Singh, and Sanjay Dutt. And FTR came out to aid him. But that was the only thing we really saw with Wardlow this week. If he would have wrestled, he probably definitely would have been up there.
7: Uh,
6: as far as I'm following up, I don't like how he's being booked as his quasi-Goldberg. Uh, I don't like the changing in the music. I, I, the old music pretty much fit the character. Um, ever since the MJF feud, he really hasn't had really much to work with. I think, um, he, I think he, he very much has cooled off, in my opinion. And there's nothing on the guy... I mean, the guy can go. I just think that what he's been given after the MJF feud has not really been solid, per se. It's not. I'm not as much as engaged in Warlow as I was when he was feeding with MJF, and even before that, when he would just just stand there and just look like just a killer badass, like somebody was just ready to rip your head off. So, I mean, that's my that's that's just my feeling right now in Warlow.
2: I love Wardlow, and I don't like it that they're doing the whole Goldberg thing because I think that is really rather stupid. But I love Wardlow since he got away from MJF, and I think he deserves the title that he has. And the fact that FTR came out there and backed him up like he did, I think that was totally awesome. And, like, yeah, I love Wardlow.
7: What do you think of his match against Orange
0: Cassidy, then? I really didn't like it, to be honest. And I'm probably one of the biggest Orange Cassidy fans. With Wardlow, you got to book him against bigger talent. I mean, I know he's already beaten the likes of The Butcher, uh, Lance Archer, but we need to throw guys who kind of seem more serious contenders. Orange Cassidy's just more like Dan Housen. He's there kind of more as a comedic act. Yeah, I know Orange Cassidy has won championships and other promotions outside AEW, but it's really hard when you're doing TV wrestling to take Orange Cassidy as a single or a serious competitor. Sorry. Bad words. I think if, but we, I think, like, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You no,
6: go ahead I think I, I, I just kind of disagree. I kind of see what people criticism of Orange Cassidy comes from. And so there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but I think that he has in, in, in time he has over time proven. The match with Pat, the match with Will Osprey, the match with Jericho. Uh even the, uh now the uh some of the things in the Warlord match with Orange Cassidy, yeah, it was silly. But when all of that stuff cleared away and they got a chance to wrestle, it w- it came off to be a pretty damn good match. So I think uh I, I don't know. I think Orange Cassidy is I don't think I, I don't think he's a comedic wrestler. I mean, I I dig the gimmick, but then, you know, I kinda get I got kinda got it. From day one when I first saw Orange Cassidy. Uh, but no, I, I think on T V he, he does come off, but then, then again, I guess like he's one of those wrestlers where it the opinions of the of the viewers gonna uh bear. I mean I'm done.
0: <laughs> you're good, you're good. Anybody else have anything on that?
1: Is there anybody else that would like to talk? Um, you know, we're just like I said we're running on hour three here. Um
0: so, yeah, we'll probably you know. be ending that here in the probably about the next 20 minutes here.
1: Okay, that's that's fine. So,
7: how much longer does the uh, Wardlow hang on to that belt before they take it off of him? Because it's not working out, you know, by some people's
5: perception anyway.
0: It's really hard to
5: say. Well, I'd well, well, see a guy like Lance Archer taking that belt off the man making it a little bit more prestigious.
6: I see him. Yeah, I, I think I can see him putting it back on Miro. They just got to build Miro back up to that badass where he was before he lost the belt to Sammy Guevara and before right. he went off to take him off, you know, when he got injured and then he took time off to do the uh, TV stint. But uh, if it, it just get Miro, build Miro back up to be that badass. And I think that's going to be the guy to take the belt off Wardlow. Because, uh, you know, the only thing is, what's going to be the plan for Wardlow if you do take the TV, the TV, the TNT title off of him, that's going to be the thing. And once Tony Khan figures it out, I think you could see somebody like Amiro or Malachi Black. Um, there's plenty of guys that there are plenty credible guys in that in, on that roster that can take that belt off of Wardlow. It's just uh, what is Tony Khan going to do with Wardlow after he loses the belt? So I don't see him losing the belt anytime soon I, I But I do see Guys like that Taking the belt
0: off of him I would like to see Wardlow have a little more Lengthy run Unfortunately I think it kind of Lost a little prestige between Sammy Guevara and Scorpio Sky Not saying either guy didn't Earn that title But the hot potato thing Kind of kills me as a wrestling fan And I think I think the best thing to do is have Wardlow try to defend that a little more, keep that ring going a little bit. But another person I could also possibly see, as long as he's getting better in the ring every time, is Powerhouse Will Hobbs.
7: And so, who are you oh, currently? Who do you feel? Oh, Ricky, Ricky Stark. Powerhouse Hobbs. Uh, Ricky Stark. Right. There's nobody that I can, that, I don't know, just, like I said, whatever it is, it's on Twitter, right? Um, that seems to really be big enough or built-up enough to take the belt off of uh, CM Punk, um, other than the fact that they killed, seemingly killed, uh, what is it, Brian Danielson now, right? Not Daniel Bryan? Brian Danielson?
0: Yeah, it's the same guy, we know. We're not going to be like the rest of the IWC who hammers JR for calling him by the same name they've been calling him for the last 10 to 20 years. <laughs> that just really makes me laugh and see how sad people take that to being real about that. So he calls him Daniel Bryan on the show? They, he's called him Daniel Bryan a few times, but it uh, but outside WWE he goes by Bryan Danielson.
7: Awesome. But as far as like, anybody right now that you can see taking that belt away from CM Punk. Is anybody that you see currently how they're being used, or potentially could be the next, you know, big ticket other than uh, Brian Danielson?
6: Uh, I think um, if all is smoothed over with Tony Khan and MJF, which I'm thinking uh, is a lot of this is a work in there keeping it quiet. MJF will probably be built as the one to take the belt off of CM Punk. And then he'll have a lengthy reign, and depending on how long uh, Brian Danielson wants to continue wrestling, or if he wants to um, go back to the WWE, well, it depends. If he decides to stay with AEW, I think MJF has a lengthy reign, and then it, then uh, Brian Danielson ends up taking the belt off of him. But um, if, but going back to what I said initially, I think it's going to be MJF to be the one to take the belt off of Paul.
0: I actually would have to agree with that. If MJF does come back into the scene, it would make sense.
7: It's crazy to hear, you know, it's crazy to see that the person that could do it is a person who's not there, could potentially be gone, depending on whether it is, you know, storyline or legit, you know. And odd.
2: Am I like the only one that did not want CM Punk to win the belt?
6: No. No, you weren't. I didn't, I wasn't too high on Punk taking the belt off a of Hangman Page. I, uh, but I understood why they put the belt on CM Punk. You know, you don't bring a guy like CM Punk in who's been gone for seven years with that kind of name recognition and not give him the top type, top belt. But uh, no, I wasn't too high, and mainly because of the personal reason, I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Hangman Page fan. And I, you know, I I could just see the writing on the wall. Once I saw them building after the uh, after Punk's feud with MJ, after the next step was for CM Punk to win the AEW uh, title.
0: I just think it was too early to put it on Punk, to be honest. There was real no build up other than you know, of course, Punk's win loss record. However, I think Hangman should have had a little bit of lengthier reign. Maybe if it was more toward the I would say full gear if that's the pay-per-view in November that would have made more sense
6: yeah uh, but again I, I like I said I, I didn't complain about it because uh, you wanted Punk you know you brought Punk you paid all that money to bring Punk in there and you want you want the most recognizable name on your brand to have the have the top belt so it was kind of like when Hulk Hogan jumped to WCW you know, you didn't want to see him with the belt. But because you had all these other talents that Flair had tried to build up, after the uh, build up, and they were all going to take a backseat. But you kind of knew when Hulk Hogan came in that Flair was going to have to end up, that Flair is going to job the belt to Hulk Hogan because you don't bring Hulk Hogan in and not give him that type. And I think that's the same thing with uh CM Punk. But at least Tony Khan didn't do it, like, ASAP.
0: That
6: would probably be, yeah.
0: No, I agree. If he would have rushed that even quicker, I think he would have had a lot of fan resentment, honestly. Kind of like the mistake Impact
6: did when they brought Kurt Angle in. You know, you built Joe up to be this unstoppable monster, and then you set up a Joe Angle just right away, and then Angle takes the belt off of Samoa Joe. And Samoa Joe was never really the same in Impact after that.
0: Well, not only that, but you also look at Samoa Joe being un- undefeated in Impact, and that's what I think really got the fans hurt.
6: Yeah, so like I said, so I can like give Tony Khan kudos that he didn't rush it, but at the same time, um, I didn't. It didn't sit well with me. It didn't sit well with me, not in a negative way. It's just like ah, uh, this could have waited, but you know what? Ne- never mind. Just go ahead and go ahead. You know.
0: Right. You know, the biggest thing is is I just sit back. I don't take it too serious. I enjoy the show, but, you know, it's something that you can, in a way, where you if you've been watching long enough, you can easily criticize it. And I, I, I was very critical of having that title on Punk. Not just because... I didn't want to see him have it. I just felt it was still a little too early. Despite his win-loss record showing that he's in the top ranks, I would have loved to see Punk still build up a little more momentum, in my opinion, to see him actually earn that championship.
6: Well, yeah, and I think that's why I think MJF, you know, is going to take the belt off of him because he's going to pick back up when he returns. He's going to pick back up off the pipe bomb. And he'll probably, you know, Punk's gonna be like public enemy number one of what he was talking about. So this is gonna be interesting. Well hopefully he's clear by all out to wrestle Mox, that's gonna be the first thing. Yeah. Because I mean, you we know we 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 kinda know, even though I'm looking forward to Mox versus CM Punk, we know that uh Punk is going to unify those belts. That's already a gift.
0: Right. I think because, everybody says yeah, that wanted, coming a mile did. away. Yeah.
6: Yeah. Because he, he 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 needs to be given a run. But let's just hope first that his foot is fully healed by the time All Out gets here. And then we'll probably see where that goes. Who, who do you care
7: that match? Uh, who
6: would be the healer? And who would be the bait face? Um, I think Mox is going to be the tweener. He's going to be a tweener. And that's another thing that uh, I don't want to get off subject, but that's another thing that we have missed in wrestling is we don't have a tweener, a guy that can face the baby face and the heel. You know, you're supposed to boo him, but you love him. And I think Mox is going to be the tweener in this match. I think Punk's going to be the face, and then Mox is just going to be a tweener. He's going to have people that's going to root for him regardless because he's John Moxley. And then you might have people booing him because he's going to be the heel and he's facing the returning heel of CM Punk. So I think that's how we're going to go at it in All Out. Because that's what Hangman uh, Page was going into All Out, was the tweener. Because he was a guy trying to keep his belt or going against CM Punk who everybody
0: wanted to see as champ. Okay, I have uh-huh. to ask, Carolina, is that you clicking your mouse?
1: Yeah, I just was clicking. Yes. <laughs> I'm like clicking, I'm over here clicking like, I'm like, okay, like, 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 because I want to be a good tweeter. So, and I'm learning stuff so I can learn and click and, you know, participate. So I will will mute so no more clicking. No, you're good.
0: You're good. I just thought it was funny.
1: Does anybody else have, yeah, I'm notorious for clicking. Um, Does anybody else have anything they'd like to say or did, you know, did my mouse also annoy you? My clicking mouse just speak up now, you know, anyone? (laughs) Anyone? Just wait until I'm eating oranges, and then it just, it just goes downhill from there. No, right. I, I'm used to that clicking. I actually wouldn't know what to do if I didn't hear that clicking. I know. Lions makes fun of me all the time, but that's for another show, another day, another time. So, yeah, if anybody else has anything to say, I mean, it's been fantastic.
0: Yeah, I mean, we went off the rails quite a bit from the normal format, and that's okay. You know, this is the first time my use Twitter space to record one of my podcast episodes and really I've enjoyed every one of you who's been able to tune in and even participate and really look forward to doing this more. I I said I think I'm the only one so far out of all the wrestling podcasts that has used a Twitter space to actually record do a live record for a episode. And if not then I take that back and I apologize later. Fake news, I guess they call it. But, yeah, if anybody, if nobody else has anything, then I'll get on to the credits and everything.
1: Can I say something, though? Go for it. I just want to say thank you for, you know, giving me the opportunity to do this. It's been fun, Um, especially for the wrestling people who know that I'm not really, um, you know, I'm not uh, really as big of a fan as you guys are. But, you know, I'm getting more interested again. And so I thank you for that. But I also wanted to give kudos also to the, to our other co-host, uh, Heather. If you've never heard Heather before, she knows her stuff when it comes to wrestling. So, you know, um, it would be great to hear her again because she really has great insights and stuff. And you hear a lot of males, but you don't get to hear a lot of females when it comes to wrestling. Um, take So I thank you very much for giving her the opportunity so that we could all hear her. I, she's been awesome. That's all. I don't. I don't know as much as you think I do. I mean, I'm like current
2: on like the current wrestling and stuff. Like I do like when I watch the shows and stuff. You know, I tweet out and everything. But like I said, like I've said three times now, I've forgotten more than I remember. <laughs> but yeah, I'm like I'm, I'm up to date on the current stuff, you know. And I do really enjoy wrestling, and I appreciate you, John, for having me and let me talk and everything. And um, yeah. <laughs>
0: No, and I appreciate every one of you, especially you two ladies who took the time out of your personal time to come co-host. And I hope maybe you guys, you two guys, good God, I hope you two ladies be willing to come back and co-host again sometime.
1: Well, absolutely. You know, when William is out gallivanting across America doing whatever, or he's out fishing or whatever. So.
0: That son well, well, of a bugger.
1: I know, so... And we look forward to next week or I look forward to next week being a slacker and I get to be an audience member while you Heather and William do what you got to do. So Hell yeah. I can't wait to be I can't wait to be a listening slacker. Yay me.
0: Now you're willing to come back next week, right Heather?
1: Yeah, of course I will.
0: Hell yeah. We definitely need to get more women wrestling fans in here. It definitely would be nice to get their takes and everything.
1: Yes. And thank you for doing it, John, because a lot of these other people, it's just like with football and everything else, they will not allow sometimes females to talk because they don't think we have anything to add. Well, too bad. We're here and we have a lot to add.
0: Well, if they don't like it, my rules, you don't like it, go away.
1: Yep. Yep. I'm I'm one of those guys
0: that I'm not afraid to take names and kick ass, but make sure everybody's treated with a level of respect and, you know, everybody's views and opinions matter. And that's just how I've been raised and. That's what I want to pass on. I want wrestling fans to feel safe to come to a platform and give their views. That's why I need this the Wrestling Fans Insight, because it's for all wrestling fans.
1: Yes. So we want to say, just the last time, we want to say thank you to our co-host, Heather, Amber Holly, thank you, Popular Monster, Jay, Jason, Sage, Jess, Amber Lynn, Sean, Sammy, KCW, and A-Town. Thank you for being here and listening to us. Um, we really appreciate you spending your time with us when you could have been doing anything else. So we were grateful for you. And Popular Monster, you had something to say?
7: Just one final question: um, Who's the goat?
1: That's kind of a big, a big like.
7: <laughs> well, you, you know, you know. Like for me, for me, Undertaker, all the time, and I honestly believe it influenced in some kind of way to my current career. So, but I mean, I still. Live. It's loose so that's, that's it. I just wanted to know if anybody like right off the top, like, damn, you know, who's the goat?
5: Who's the goat? I always say Undertaker.
2: That. I always say Undertaker, but um, I'm gonna say
1: Sergeant Slaughter because he follows me. So yeah, <laughs> me
2: too. <laughs> <laughs> For whatever
1: reason, and um, I think it's because of you and John. The guy follows me, and I'm like, I, I don't know if he. Oh, really and John Cena follows me. John Cena follows me. I think he follows most people. But yeah,
2: Sergeant Slaughter, Sergeant Slaughter is like the yeah Sergeant Slaughter is the goat. So yeah, so yeah. So.
0: <laughs> do you follow oh, Conan?
1: Recording. Who?
0: Do you follow Conan at all? No. Oh, do you know who Conan is? I guess I should ask. Yeah, I oh. do. Yeah. Yeah. He followed me back instantly when I followed him, so he might be another one to go after. I actually okay. asked, "Do you know? Do you recall the Brooklyn Brawler?" Yes. I think I pestered enough quote tweets on him. He finally followed me back too.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, if if you you know, like Sage and Zeke have mentioned. Many a times if you get into their algorithm enough, you might get their attention, you might get that follow and I always appreciate their advice, especially here on Twitter. It does work.
2: Well you know who I want to follow me and like I know like a lot of people don't consider him big time, Fuego Del Sol, because he is from Mobile. And, like, I have tried to, I've, like, commented on his stuff. He's liked my comments and stuff, but he will not follow me. And I'm like, dude, like, what is your problem, you know? Like, you're from Alabama. Like, just follow me already, you know?
0: (laughs) Keep pushing. Keep pushing because, you know, eventually he'll be like, fine, damn it. click that
1: follow. (laughs) So, yeah, but that's all I have.
0: We were asked who our all-time favorites were, or GOATs, right? Right. Yeah,
7: just one. The, yeah, I think the 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 best. To Your top. Your top guy of all time. I got a split in oh, I got a split okay. in two.
6: Box office, as far as box office and entertainment and character-wise, it's got to be Ric Flair. But as far as in-ring work, Ricky Steamboat. Yeah. So I got I like the GOATs that. split in two. So, you know, Flair just for overall entertainment aspect and Steve Boat and Ricky Steve Boat for as far as performance.
0: I've John, got, did you? Oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead.
1: No, I was going to ask what yours were
0: I've got two goats and I'm breaking the rules. I don't give a shit. My first one will always be Brett the Hitman Hart. He's always had very methodical matches and never really ever injured anyone. But my second greatest of all time is a guy who I feel deserved a world championship run no matter what promotion he worked for. But it would be Arn Anderson. The guy is just amazing on the mic. He's the one that actually gave the horsemen their name. That's one guy who definitely could get everything done in the ring and outside.
6: Do you agree that he gave the that Steve Austin got the bottom line quote from Arn Anderson because I remember in every AA promo he would either say he would either start with the bottom line is or in the middle of the prom, in the middle of the promo he would go you see the bottom line is and I noticed that when the stone cold gimmick started he would go and that's the bottom line And I say that because Anderson and uh, Austin were uh, stablemates in the early 90s with uh, Paul Heyman.
0: Yeah, weren't they also part of uh, Colonel Parker? No, that was Bunkhouse Buck and Ming's. But honestly, I don't know how to answer that question because really that's the first time I even realized now how you mentioned it. So that could possibly be... I know the double-A, you
6: can see a lot of double-A in Austin. If you go back and you see Austin after, especially when he goes to the WWE and he starts doing the whole Stone Cold Stick and he starts doing a lot of his mannerisms, I think everybody that he was around at that time and he picked up stuff from, he kind of, whatever he took from the act, whatever he learned from him, he ingrained in his character. I mean, I just noticed that after Austin retired and after he started talking about a lot of the people that he was around and I go back and look at these videos and I was like, yeah, you can see a lot of double A in uh, Steve Austin.
0: And if you watch a lot of the some even a lot of the newer talent across all promotions, a lot of them have learned to have got a bit of Arn Anderson in them, too, and. Yeah. That's the one thing about Arn. if you've never met him in person is he is one of the most humble human beings and teachers out there in the wrestling world. He, He has contributed so much to everybody in their careers and I think it'll only get better as he keeps training everybody. Right now he's still working with his son Brock in AEW and a couple others. I just hope Brock is able to Carry on that Anderson legacy, but you're yeah. I do see what you're saying with Austin, but there's many talent that have picked up a few things from Double A.
1: We're in silence again.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say, did I scare everybody or put everyone to sleep?
7: Yeah. No, there's some, uh, some really good uh, you know feedback to on on Anderson and that fine buster and it has yet to be like replicated you know not even like Triple H and I know that uh, what is it, is it Dash? Dash, or Dash I forget what it was one of the guys from STR um, Dash Harwood maybe uh, has a good fine buster I, I really think they try to emulate it but man <laughs> couldn't be replicated at least the way he did it anyway
0: totally
6: yeah Double A was John Cena's <coughs> go-to guy. During his main event run, if uh, that's why he lasted so long, and uh, Arn Anderson did in WWE, that was John Cena's guy as far as uh, putting his matches together, producing his matches.
0: Yeah, I felt WWE lost really big when they released Arn Anderson. It was a good pickup for AEW for sure.
1: Okay, so we're like going into awkward silence again.
0: So. All right. Well, if nobody else has anything, I'm just going to go ahead and give the thank yous and my credits. Last chance. Going, going, gone. All righty. Well, first off, thank you to each and every one of you that tuned in and chose to be... I can really talk, tongue-tied. That's why we're live. Thank you to everybody who participated and chose to listen to us. Uh, First, I want to say thank you to my two co-hosts, Heather and... Carolina they did a great job holding down the fort for me even though I didn't do squat Um, big thank you to Lipson.com for hosting my podcast eh, Pixabee.com for letting me and Will donate to their site and allowing us to use royalty-free music which we've downloaded from GVidden, Light Saturation, and Coma Media you can also hear our podcast on most major platforms Mainly Spotify, iOS, Apple, iHeartRadio, Samsung, GL7. I hope I'm pronouncing some of these right. Boomplay, Deezer, Ghana, and Rezo or Rizo. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel. Uh, if you just search for the Wrestling Fans Insight podcast, should run right into it easily. I know Carolina found it in no time. And want to say you can also interact with us on other areas. Twitter, you can find me either on this handle at WF Insight Podcast or at John W F I N C I T E, just like the show spelled. We also have a Facebook group. If you go to the groups, the fans of pro wrestling dot com. We are a little bit interactive there. We're hoping to start doing a little more here shortly as I'm trying to gain a couple more members to do some content work. You can also reach us on our voicemail, area code 385-367-4772. You can leave us a voicemail, and if it's within good standards, it might even get aired on the podcast. Other than that, uh, final chance for everyone.
1: Thank you for hosting it. Appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, a lot of fun. We're, we're going to try this again next week. Hopefully get back on track to the regular format. <laughs> but right. no. I appreciate every one of you. Thank you for tuning in. Everyone have a great week, and we'll catch you next week. Bye.